Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Monster Ate the Pilot show. I am your host and creator, Brandon. It's Monster Ate the Pilot. It is Lady Aaron Day. It's a great chat. Check it out here in just a minute or so. I just have recorded this at the very beginning to let you know I messed up the audio a little bit here. There are, I forgot to turn off a few things, and that made Lady Aaron's uh, audio kind of seem garbled in certain places. Um, I think you can hear almost everything. I think it's it's serviceable. It's on me. It's my mistake. Um, at worst, I mean, maybe you guys can convince her to come back on. It might be up to you. You ain't have to start that petition. Get that online petition. 250,000 uh, uh, signatures. She'll be back on the show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's a great chat. Um, I know I said there was not going to be sports talk this week, but there's been so much stuff going on with the Columbus crew that there is going to be some sports talk at the end of the show. So after you get done listening to me and Lady Aaron chat about the life and the world that is our friendship, uh, check that out as well. Like, share, subscribe, support. Anywhere podcasts are available, you can find Monster Eat the Pilot. Uh, thank you for listening, understanding. But yeah, enjoy uh, Lady Aaron and me talking about everything and then stick around for her sports talk. Yeah. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Monster Ate the Pilot Show. It's the podcast that's hosted by me, Brandon. It is Thursday, or I guess technically for us it's Wednesday, but Thursday for you. Um, that means I have a guest on the show. That guest is one of my oldest friends, not in age, but in terms of how long we've known each other. She's the only lady I've ever done a cartwheel in public for. It is Lady Aaron Garrett. How are you doing today, Aaron? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right, enjoying my day off. It seems like you are enjoying your day off as well. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, For anybody who doesn't so, know you, oh, go ahead. What are you talking about, the cartwheel in public? I don't remember that. You don't remember that? Okay, I didn't know if you could remember that because it was like, God, we were in college. Uh, you used to work in one of the offices at yeah. Shawnee, and there's one day we were just texting, and I can't remember how the cartwheel came up, but I said, I'll do a, a cartwheel in front of your office. And you said, no, you won't. Oh, yeah, because it had the big glass wall. Yeah. <laughs> so, my boss, Peggy, sat beside me in the desk. I remember she hated me anyway. Mm-hmm. And she hated that. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, so I walked by. I got, that's the only job I ever got fired from. That's probably why. <laughs> I'm going to blame you now. Fair <laughs> enough. I'm like, I'm happy to take the blame on that one. Don't blame yourself. Blame me. That's that's my motto in life is to blame me for everything. So, yeah. I just remember walking by. It wasn't a good cartwheel. I should make that very clear. It was not a very crisp cartwheel it was a pretty much a guy who hadn't done a cartwheel like hardly ever in his life doing a cartwheel while walking by a window <laughs> and also like making better. sure nobody else was like looking so <laughs> oh. um actually i got fired from that job because i got that underage drinking charge oh and had to make yeah. i forgot all <laughs> about that oh that's how we mostly know each other from drinking no no that's not the case at all <laughs> That's how we used to hang out for a few years. Yeah, yeah, for quite a while. Um, that was a fun time. I mean, I remember that's how you end up meeting Bradley, your husband. Um, mm -hmm. that was, you were there. Yeah, I was there for that. I was trying to remember, like, details. I think it was, like, me, you, and Amanda. Um, it was. Yeah, and then you, you did, which is classic Lady Aaron, uh, classic Lady Aaron move, which is, I don't really like this guy, but I'm going to act like I'm flirting with him. Like, making everybody think I don't, whenever everybody knows exactly what's actually going on, which is, you had a thing for this guy. <laughs> I really did. I really did. I know I did. Yeah. But, you know, I was in that era where I was mean to everyone mm -hmm. who hit on me because I had so many bad experiences. Yeah. So I was surprised at myself for hitting on him. Yeah. 
Yeah, because I remember you. That is how it works out, and now we're married. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You were like talking like, oh, it's like, oh, I'm just gonna give this guy a fake number, but then you like, like, well, I wouldn't have just gave him my real number. I'm like, okay, no, yeah. I didn't give him number. <laughs> no, it wasn't that. It was an expired Green Up County Fair Pass. Oh, that's right. Oh, I wouldn't tell yeah. my name. Yeah. Wait, when we stopped him with more gifts for a few months, mm-hmm. and wouldn't tell him my name. You were there, but yeah. we were, I mean, I was an era. That was the best of times and the worst of times. Oh, you know, yeah. Really. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, green up Kelly Fair Pass, and then ran away. And then the next time we gave him an old chapstick from my purse, mm-hmm. and ran away again. <laughs> and then I gave him a Desco pocket calendar for the goodie for free at the end of the year. And again, ran away, but I put my initials in the back of it. Uh, see how deep he was finally, looking. Yeah, <laughs> finally he figured out who I was. Coming on Facebook. <laughs> that is goofy. But it worked. I can't believe you don't remember that because you were at my wedding and that's why we had chapstick and calendars as the papers at my wedding. Oh, come again. Yeah, I remember how drunk I was too. I had other things going on. I wasn't like. Let's see how Lady Aaron's playing her uh, game over here. I had other things I was focusing on. You <laughs> definitely remember. did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to give me credit for remembering a cartwheel from 12 years ago. Let alone all this. Well, stuff. you were probably hitting on Amanda, is what was going on. Yeah. When I was hitting on Brad. <laughs> no, I probably wasn't hitting on Amanda. It was like thinking of hitting on Amanda, which is my move. Because I don't think I yeah. talked about it this past episode. I talked about it the week before, which I'm not sure how much of the podcast I listened to. I talked about. Um, Literally, a girl could probably, like, grab me by, like, the face and say, I'm really into you, and I like you, and I want to go on a date, and I still have to, like, do you think that girl's into me? And, like, just completely, completely oblivious and, like, just waiting for them to figure everything out so I can just not yeah. have to do any work. That's the uh, Brandon move, and that's why Brandon's here where he is. So, ooh, that came out sadder than it meant to. Well, I've seen it. It's not sad. At least you're not a douchebag. That's true. Mm-hmm. Eh, I can be. Maybe not. I'm not so much a douchebag, like in terms of dating and women. I'm just like a douchebag in terms of being a friend. <laughs> like everyone's a douchebag in their own way. I know. But the worst kind is towards women. That's true. Yeah, I steer away. You could from be that. where you're at, or you could have already gone through ten failed relationships and have people have restraining orders against you. you That's know? true. <laughs> I don't think I have any restraining orders. I think I would know you that. Would have been yeah, I was yeah. gonna say. I think you have to like kind of know that there's one out there. Unless I've, like, got myself off the grid so much that they just can't find me. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't even know. Who would have put a restraining order on me? I don't think anybody would have. Because usually my stuff just fades away. It doesn't, like, ever blow up and, like, end. It's just, like, yeah, I'm just kind of ghosting this and, like, walking away. <laughs> yeah, no, no one dislikes you or anything. Everyone likes you. That's true. Likeable I am. guy. I am very likable. I think it's the amount of chest hair I show. I think people are very... You know, Sorry. Go ahead. It is the chest here. Anyway, um, you know who did not like you for a few years, if you remember, is my friend Tiffany. Oh, yeah. She, for some reason, she didn't like me because she thought I didn't like her. I'm like, I don't really. You drugged her at 14. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I told you that. Um, No, you did not. You told me you just got herself drunk. Yeah. But, like, you know, it was her fault. She was drinking a bunch of Long Island iced teas. And you were the bartender, which happened to be. And um, she fell going out of Fort City, like, ran ran through a bunch of bushes and <laughs> cracked her head off the concrete at PNC Bank. And um, she was like, I, 
I only have like four drink and I must have been drugged. And I was like, oh, you have four long island ice cream and you never drink. So. Yeah. There you go. That would, that, that's two and two <laughs> equals four. So. Yeah, I was vehemently defending you for like yeah. two years. I don't think you ever told me the drugging part. I think you told me that that she thought I didn't like her, which I'm like, I, she's always, I don't know, I don't have enough interaction to decide. But yeah, then, it seems like my nice way of telling you that she thought you drugged her. Because I knew that I was like, that's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous accusation. Yeah. Ooh, no. Mm. Well, she knows you didn't now, of course. Good. That makes me uncomfortable a little bit if I ever see her again. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, it's Tiffany. I mean, she does things like that. She, uh, Brad's friend that has diabetes, she um, thought he had heroin needles in his backpack and threw his backpack into a yard in New Boston. Hmm. And he had to go after his hundreds of dollars in insulin. <laughs> so, so I think she's paranoid, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Do you still work with Tiffany? Yeah. Okay. Right beside her. Right beside her, yeah. I was going to ask, I feel like you're like the only person who cuts hair in Portsmouth anymore because anybody I see post that got their hair cut, you're the one that does it. So I'm just kind of like, everybody else is like kind of quit. Huh? It's color. Color. I specialize in hair color. Okay. Used to cut my hair. I do color a lot of people's hair that you know, that we Mm -hmm. mutually know. Yeah, cousins. Um, I think you cut my sister's hair for a second. Which now she's I did gone. Just the other day. Okay, I didn't know she. No, her, she. Yeah, I did her color and her cut for her wedding. Hmm. She would make fun of me for driving down there, like still having my hair cut, like down there, because I was too lazy to find somebody to cut my hair up here. And now she lives in Dayton, is driving to you to get her hair like cut and colored. So <laughs> I <huh>. know, <laughs> but she still works at Shawnee, doesn't she? I think she does, but it's mostly remote. So she's like usually always in Dayton. So hmm. I feel like there's a double standard. Well, if she drove from Dayton just for me, I'm honored. Yeah. That's like when um, you moved to Columbus way before I did. Like, you moved up, then you came back. When you were up here, it took me, like, over a year to decide to get my hair cut again. <laughs> because it just... I remember that. I was, like, really lazy. Well, that's basically every answer to everything is Brandon was lazy. It took me over a year to go get my hair cut. <laughs> to go to find well, somebody else. I saw else. you all the time. Mm-hmm. But just not at the salon. Right. Yeah, so you're up here, and eventually I'm like, there's, like, need to get my hair cut, because it was awful. It was just a mess. Who did you end up going to? Huh? Who did you end up going to? Nick Baxter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which, uh, funny enough, um, I had my old boss from Bear Burger on, who's named Nick Myers, and the entire, like, probably six weeks leading up to his appearance, I kept calling him Nick Baxter, and he never, like, let me know that I kept saying his name wrong. Oh, no! (laughs) Yeah, which... (laughs) It eventually hit me, like, I don't know, probably a month after he was on. I'm like, oh, I am such an idiot. I am so stupid. But it was, uh, yeah, I don't know. It made, like, I had all these nicknames for him, like, based off the Nick Baxter name that became useless <laughs> after that. I was like, I am so stupid. <laughs> and he's probably like, it just kept getting worse. And he's like, man, yeah, well, I've, I've let it go too far. Yeah, I'm Nick Baxter now, so I just have to deal yeah. with it. <laughs> because it's like I saw like Nick's name uh, Baxter's name pop up like on my Instagram or something like that I'm like I never put two and two together that like Nick and Nick like I know two Nick Baxters and then like oh it dawned gosh. on me in that moment like it's because my boss's name was Nick Myers <laughs> like it hit me and like in that moment I'm like because his last name is Myers you idiot <laughs> <laughs> oh 
That's like mm-hmm. on Friends when uh, Phoebe's like comforting someone and she's like, it's okay, Phoebes. And they're like, that's your name. And yeah. She's like, oh, I just thought that's what we called each other. <laughs> He's like, oh, I just thought you were calling me Baxter. I thought it was my nickname. I yeah. Have no idea. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. It worked. Um, so how is the haircut and business or hair coloring business going? I try to be going great. Yeah. Make- Actually, I'm in a new era. It's really weird. You know, you know, I just, uh, put Bradley through school for five years. Oh yeah. Um, so it's good enough to do that. Um, but now I'm going to change my schedule and for the first time in my whole life work part time. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Because living starting kindergarten and I want to be there in the evening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what um, I'm about to go back to school in October, and I'm trying to figure out how all this is going to work. Like, how do I make schedules work? Like, because I think I'm I'm gonna have to work full time. I'm still in management, and then it's like, oh, that's 45 hours a week. Then plus school. Then plus trying to live life. I'm like, I've got to figure this all out. Which my goal yeah, is so to I- not have to work weekends anymore. Which Every job I've ever had required to work weekends, so I've never like actually had weekends properly off or actually able to have a life outside of work. So I'm yeah. two years away from that, I think. That's awesome. Yeah. I didn't have weekends off until 2020. Oh. And I'm self-employed. I make my own schedule, and I still do it for myself. Yeah. But it's nice. It's a weird transition. You're like, what do I do? Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> I can do normal things. I can go watch the game. Whatever game that is, yeah. <laughs> like you'll have time to do your homework. Where? Do, what are you going back to school for? Accounting. I'm going to be an accountant. Play with numbers nice. all day and just I consider it like puzzle solving all day long. And it, I, I think, yeah, it's like uh, I'm pretty sure I'm ADHD, and for some reason, numbers like it's like one thing I can still like hone in and focus on. So, also, I'm ADHD. But I'm the opposite. Yeah, that's like. I talked to it with my therapist today about more ADHD stuff. And she's like, she keeps telling me I need to talk to my doctor. It's like, yeah, just say, you think you're ADHD? It's like, I'll write your recommendation because I'm pretty sure you are as well. So I'm like, okay. And I just don't do it because it just always gets buried underneath. Oh, other shit that goes on in my life that ADHD I comes ADHD in. Thing too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll go to the doctor and it's like, what is the most important problem right now? I know I have 10, but they're just like back here. I don't even think about them because yeah. this one is dire. Yeah. Because <laughs> I've let it get so bad. Yeah. That's what um, the last time I was at my doctor, he's like, you got anything else you want to talk to me about? And like the whole time leading up to it, I'm like, I need to talk to him about ADHD. And in that moment, I'm like, no, I think everything else is pretty good. <laughs> then it's like two days later, I'm like, oh, yeah, I was supposed to talk to you about ADHD stuff. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah. So Make like, a specific appointment for that now. Yeah, that's what, yeah. I'm supposed to I see him in like November. I'm like, well, I could put it on. I'm like, I don't just call him. But then other things happen. And then, yeah, because I think we were talking about keeping in touch with people. And I was like, or just how, like, I'll think about, oh, I need to text this person about this. And then I get sidetracked. And then, like, six weeks pass by. And I like remember, oh, yeah, I meant to reach out to them like six weeks ago <laughs> and then didn't. Yeah. yeah, so it's whatever. I understand. Our brains. You, you do have ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> I'm diagnosing you right now, even though I'm not <laughs> certified or licensed to do that at all. Yeah, my therapist <laughs> gave me like a questionnaire and it was like every single one, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I do that. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> like and every single one was like, like pointing towards, yeah, you definitely have it. I'm like, oh, cool. If I would have only known this. Back in like college, I probably could have honed in on something proper instead of just give me my fucking degree and let me get out of here. 
yeah. I got diagnosed as an adult too, and I had the same experience. All the questions, like, I they were like, um, "Do you lose your keys a lot?" I was like, yeah, like every fucking day. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I got banned from my AAA membership that I pay for um, because I used my lockout them to come get me back in my car ten times in one year, and that's all you're allowed." <laughs> and they were like, "Well, you're not allowed anymore this year." And I was like, "What? I pay you guys." That's yeah. Crazy. They feel like it should be unlimited. Just like, I have to I, you need I mean, to use it. I'm paying for it. Just yeah, up my I rates. know I use it excessively, but I balance out the person without a ADHD who never uses the service. So. Yeah. <laughs> I just, but now I have a car that won't lock with my keys in it. You know, that was back when I was like 22. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember when I got my car I have now. It was one of those, like, if you lock your keys in the car, it beeps and, like, unlocks. And, like, first day. First day I had it. Because it's like, oh, you don't need to in the, put it in the ignition. I'm like, cool. I'm going to knock my keys in my car all the time. I didn't know about the whole unlocking feature. So I get out of the car and close the door, Mike, and I see my key sitting on the door as I close them. I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, new car. I just fucked it up. And then it beeps and unlocks. I'm like, this is the greatest day of my entire life. No troubles <laughs> will ever happen to me again. <laughs> yes. Yep. <clears throat> my car does this weird thing where it, it's obnoxious. Mm -hmm. It, like, I leave the key fob in there because it has the push button start or whatever. So I guess it doesn't want you to even leave the keys in there, even if it's unlocked because someone could feel it i don't know yeah um so it'll beep with the horn loud it like three times it'll be like beep, beep, beep. yeah loud if i leave the keys in there at all i'm like oh that's yeah annoying yeah mine is anytime i have the keys in the if i have the car running and i need to go out like inside and get it and i take the keys with me like anytime i, I close a door like any of the car doors it'll beep like beep 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 like that I'm like, but if I have the like driver's side door open, I don't think you need to be beeping at me. So if I'm like putting stuff in the back seat and I'm like go around and close another door and close this door to make sure everything fits, like I'm getting like six beeps at a time. I'm like, the oh, other God. door's open. It's fine. It's fine, car, you stupid car. I hate technology. I don't think mine doesn't do that. It's yeah. Not that <laughs> hmm. So how long have we known each other properly? Definitely since middle school, but I don't know what year of middle school. So I think it's eighth grade for me, seventh grade for you, because you're the grade below me. Probably, yeah. Yeah, so that's a that's like what, like twenty years next year, no, or maybe the yeah. year after. Oh my god! Yeah, no, it is next year because I think I was thirteen in seventh grade, and I'm thirty-two now. Yeah, so mm, twenty oh years. <laughs> so old. Yeah. Oh my god! Twenty twenty years. Like we were twenty hanging out. That's yeah. a whole person. Yeah. Oh yeah, I used to say that to Chris uh, Thomas because we've known each other since we're like four like four or five so I'm like you know our friendship or acquaintanceship I should say not a friendship <laughs> oh it's a friendship oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, no um, is like old enough to drink it's, it's, it's like self it's like it's a, a full grown adult with a job at this point which yeah, it is a job being a friend talking. with him <laughs> yeah no, it's appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to tell you that I think now that I'm going to work part time, everyone always tells me that I should write a book because I have all these little stories that are, I have a way of telling them sometimes it's funny, mm -hmm. which is what I do all day to my clients is tell them funny stories. And I don't even think they like the way they, I do their hair half the time and come back to me and hear funny stories. Um, and people will be like, oh, so many funny things happen to you. And I'm like, no, normal things happen to me that I tell in a funny way. Mm -hmm. 
I think. So I think I might write a book of short stories and I have a whole note section in my phone about different little stories. So do you have any that are funny that I could add to that? Let's sure see. Put me on the spot. This would be tough. Um, I know. It's hard to think of on the spot. Yeah. I was thinking about the time that um, at Noggins, this really creepy guy tried to get me to smoke this black and mild in front of him in, in the alley. I was thinking, and I, I was like, for this. Yeah. and I gave you the black and mild, but I didn't tell you where it came from. Oh, yeah, I do <laughs> remember this. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. I thought there might be something in there. <laughs> yeah, which I didn't find out for a couple of days. Not like that night. Yeah. <laughs> like, hey, I may have accidentally like, dosed you big time. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like, oh, no, no. He, I didn't realize you were going to smoke it. And you were, there was that picnic table at the time, just one little picnic table out front and all gets under that tree. And you were like laying on it, looking up, smoking that black and mild. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that might not be good. Yeah. <laughs> I think... Um... One was your 21st birthday. I'm not sure how much you can... I just remember you decided that you were going to just... It's time like everybody's leaving. Everybody's leaving. We're all leaving now because the night's over. And you've decided the that the... night was over at 8 o'clock. No, was... The night was over at 8 o'clock. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was over by the time I got there. Which So I'm like, okay. Yeah. But like by the time everybody's leaving, you have decided that the Toro Loco parking lot is like where... You're going to set up shop to sleep that night. Like, you will not get up for anything. <laughs> like, you won't get up. You won't go to the car. And it's like, everybody's like, come on, come on. I'm like, like you can't, like, literally leave her in the middle <laughs> of a parking lot. So I had to, like, bend I, over and I had to, like, deadlift you. You're a complete, like, corpse of I a do body. That. Yeah. <laughs> and, I like, had that. to put you in the front and seat I of the car. I do remember thinking in my head that it was funny. And at that point, I could have helped. But I was like, no, this is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's much better for like Brandon to completely throw his back wait. out. <laughs> I see how this I, I was laying in the parking lot stealing cigarettes from Jeremy Blankenship's dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what a time! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot. Like, yeah, they were always there. Every it was like every Thursday. I think that's what day everybody went to Toro was like every Thursday. Yeah, I think. I so. don't know. I'm too old now. To remember like details. I know. Yeah. It's all a blur from that time anyway. Oh, yeah. That's why I said, like... alcohol abuse. Yeah, ask, yeah, asking me to remember, like, certain things from, like, 23 to 29. Like, if you say, oh, you remember what we did, like, 2016? I'm like, no, because it's all, like, the same year by that point. I'm yeah. like, it's just, like, one big blob of memories of, like, I don't it even is. know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that blob of um, maladaptive trauma responses. <laughs> 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 Bad coping mechanism. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's the era. Yeah, God, I that... could just have a chapter in a book called maladaptive trauma response. <laughs> <laughs> the coping era. Yeah, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think of any other like like kind of funny stories without like completely derailing the show here and like me just sitting here for like ten minutes, like just scratching my like chin, like what? Hmm. There was that guy in um, Frankenstein that decided he hated you for some reason and said he was gonna like throw a ninja star at you and then his friend was like that's a king of skull and you were like he was like i was at uh what's up the fishbowl mm -hmm. eating wings he's from kentucky you remember kind of i remember the like, ninja star thing he was like threatening you and you looked at him and you're like you have wing socks in your beard <laughs> 
I remember one where I did a very horrible job of protecting you, but I did a good job of protecting Amanda. Where I basically, I'm I think I chose, yeah, I chose Amanda over you in that situation. Still mad at you. Still yeah. mad at you over that because he was threatening me. Yeah, it was like something just. Some, and you were like, I gotta protect Amanda. Yeah. No, I just like she was the closest. I'm like, okay, let me get right here because it was like this. It, Here's the story, ladies and gentlemen. I don't think I'm a bad guy here. I think I did. Yeah, like I, I, I had two, I had two choices. And I chose the closest one. So, like, once again, Brandon's being lazy. But what happened was there was this massive dude, massive. He was a big guy, and he was leaning on our table, just completely drunk, like just almost like falling over drunk. Aaron, and being, he's looking at me though. He's talking to me. Well, he wasn't talking at first. He was just—he was looking at yeah, you, trying to talk. I think he was. Yeah, yeah. He was staring. Yeah, he was staring. So eventually, yeah. you know, Aaron, with drinks, has to like start a conversation with the guy. And then um, he says something. <laughs> I can't remember what he says. Something that is sexual in nature. <laughs> it was, yeah, I remember. Yeah, it was when I was like Ugh. aggressive, aggressively yeah. sexual. As soon as he says okay. it, he didn't like stands up. This guy's probably like. 6'2", 3'50". Like, he's a big guy. And he starts walking around the table to where Amanda and Aaron are sitting. So I immediately, like, kind of, like, throw my arm around, like, Amanda's back because she's, like, sitting She's like sitting right beside me. And I'm like, okay, maybe this will stop him. But then he just goes right by that and just, like, goes, like... And Aaron's pinned against a wall and her table. So there's nowhere she can go. In, like, a bar-high <laughs> chair where I can't even touch the ground. No yeah. footing. Yeah. To fight this guy. Luckily, <laughs> yeah. Luckily, somebody stepped in. I don't remember who stepped in, but somebody stepped in and I got think him it out. Was his friend. I think his friend came over. And was like, hey, let's go, man, and like got him out of there. Like, oh God, he's scary. <laughs> yeah, he was a big dude. Like, so I, I, didn't have... I when I drink, I, this is why I don't drink anymore either. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm an idiot when I drink, and I, I, you never know what mood you're gonna get, and I can't be competitive. Mm-hmm. And. In situations like that, sometimes I'm like, yeah, I can fight this guy. He's fine. Yeah. I talked too much shit to him and him off work. Yeah, I remember another good drinking story. I we I can't remember what. It, it was probably right around like New Year's Eve. Um, somebody punched you in noggins, like yes. just randomly, and then we're it was out. Easter. It, yeah, that's right. Night I knew. Before it was, Easter. Yeah, and like um, we're outside <laughs> by like the bank there, by where the royal is and the bank there. You saved me from that. Yes, I did. I mean, not me. Yeah. And then, but I just remember we're all standing out there. I think it's like David Altman's there. I feel like he was there for some reason. Um, but some car comes up and some guy speaks, and you don't even you don't even know who's in the car. You just kind of yeah. turn around and say, "Oh, I hey, you, I think you said you sound cute." That's all you said, and you just turned around. And then his girlfriend, which is somebody we went to school with, I was um, being sarcastic. Yeah, you just kind of, "Oh, yeah, you sound cute." What had happened in the bar? Yeah, it was a very flippant comment, not like a very seductive yeah. comment. It's like, "Oh, yeah, you're cute," and like without even knowing who's in the car. And then she flips out on you and is threatening to like yeah. fight you and starts calling like that's why uh she says like, that's why people I punch you in bars in bar, <laughs> hitting on other people's boyfriend i'm like first of all anyone knows me i don't fucking do that yeah <laughs> and not especially not twice in one night yeah like <laughs> it's like what the fuck i just already have a black eye yeah the day before Easter. i will so what happened was this guy, who I now know who it is, but I'm not going to say his name on a podcast, but I'll text it to you later because you'll be like, oh, my God. Um, what the hell? So, it like, first of all, you couldn't tell if he was 18 or 42, mm. okay? And he had on a basketball jersey, and he was going around showing everyone his abs. Ah. Just assaulting people with his abs <laughs> in noggins. And I was like, what the fuck is this guy doing? 
like I was kind of being an asshole. I was drinking whiskey. So, mm -hmm. you know, there you go. And, um, I, I mean, I wasn't like making fun of them. I just in my head, was like, what the fuck? So, um, he comes over a course inevitably and shows me his abs. So of course I'm like, no, I dubbed like sarcastically. Very yeah. sarcastic. And he's like, thanks. And I was like, okay. And he was like, I'll play basketball. <laughs> and I was like, clearly yeah. from the Jersey. And he just walked away and that was it. And I was sitting there drinking my Jack and Coke with Amber Subtle, mm -hmm. you know, my roommate at the time. And we both lived in Columbus. We were only down for Easter. And um, this girl comes up to me who's like, a, like way taller than me. Big, mean girl. Mm -hmm. And um, definitely could whip my ass. And she had like a slick back bone, you know, with the big hoop earrings. Like, I was like, oh no. And she said, thanks for hitting on my boyfriend. And I, why did I say, you're welcome? <laughs> because you're <laughs> and you. And she it's... just blindside decked me, on, yeah. went on the floor. I went on the floor. And this is what an idiot I was at the time. You know, when you get punched in the face like that, you don't feel it at first. And I was kind of confused about what happened. And I stood up and I was like, save my drink. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and Amber and her are in a brawl. She chipped Amber's tooth and she, oh, her front yeah. tooth. Yep. Yeah, it's still chipped to this day. <laughs> She's got it fixed twice and it keeps falling off, but she, I guess she's left it. Yeah. yeah. My fault. Yeah, I forgot about the chipped tooth. And she that's why she left me and abandoned me at the bar because she was depressed over her tooth. And I was like, well, I'm going to keep drinking, Yeah, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Another one is, I think the, the absolute drunkest I've ever gotten was because of you. Um, but it's one of. There was a, this is before you were 21. So it was still like, you know, college night at Noggins or whatever. But I was 21. Mm -hmm. So like we would, we all got together. We go to like Buffalo Wild Wings. We go somewhere else. And then, you know, we're having drinks. But then you have to like go out to the car to sneak drinks. But I had to go out with you every single time. And it's not like we're doing like a beer out in the car. It's you have a big <laughs> bottle of Jack Daniel. <laughs> and not even a shot. Just yeah, like, like drinking it. Yeah, just like having to take big gulps of it. So I'm going inside and having beers. And then you're dragging me out to the car to drink Jack the entire time. So I'm like double fisting like throughout the whole night. So I get uh, obliterated. And I just remember I puked beside somebody's car as they're walking up to it. They thought I was puking on their car. And I'm... <laughs> And I'm pretty sure, I'm like, oh, no, I'm not. But I'm pretty sure it's like, <laughs> like, I don't, can't talk anymore. I remember I went back to Chris's house and um, Morgan Morris's brother was like, dude, I'm, he's going to puke everywhere. And I just remember because I was like, that was like a moment where like my consciousness kind of like came back for a second. I just remember hearing Chris say, dude, he's got nothing left. <laughs> like, he cannot puke anymore. <laughs> he's got nothing left. Like, because every time somebody touched me, I had to try to puke. Like, oh, and I remember at one point you said like, oh, Brandon, you can't keep up with me. And, like, at the time, I was like, oh, she got me good. But I'm like, years later, I'm like, yes, I had to drink so yeah, much more than you. Asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the worst. I just remember the next day, like, I'd rather die than do anything else, like, for the rest of my life because of how <laughs> awful that was. I still can't smell Jack Daniels without just wanting to vomit everywhere. No, I mean, I vomited many times on it, and mm. I can't smell it either yep. anymore. That mm. was my drink of choice. Yeah, I remember Ronnie Strickland used to drink at the... Uh, noggins the when they do pictures of jack and coke he would drink those and ronnie's a loud guy to begin with and then on jack it like just goes up to like a hundred because there was one night they had karaoke and some dude was trying to do like screaming music and he didn't one he didn't know how to sing and also that's like obnoxious music to try to do for karaoke anyway 
So it was like a double down of like really, really bad. And Ronnie is getting so frustrated, but he's also being really loud, telling him to shut the fuck up as he's trying to like tell me a story. And then the guy comes over and gets right in Ronnie's face. And he's like, hey, man, I heard you had something to say. And Ronnie immediately just backs in. He's like, no, I'm not, not me, man. I didn't say anything. <laughs> and I was like, God, he completely just, completely just like, ugh, like, coward and fear. And the guy looks at me. He's like, you got something to say? I'm just kind of like, dude, it's karaoke. I don't care. <laughs> I'm like, I don't care. It's karaoke. But yeah, Ronnie's like, me? I didn't say anything. <laughs> Why would you think it was me? Yeah, I was like, oh, I mean, like, it's just, it's so loud in here. Like, he's just coming up with these excuses why it wasn't like him. It was like, it's, oh, it's just so loud in here. I was trying to tell a story. Like, you know, you're good, man. You're good. I was like, God, he completely backed oh my out. God. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh. Uh, um, you were just talking and it reminded me of two other really funny things that happened, but then I got, like, sidetracked in my mind, of course. It did remind me of, um, oh, yes, when you said puking. You, were you there on Corey Sword's 21st birthday? Remind me what happens. Well, we were at Tori Loco. Okay. And um, I had to, I got the privilege of driving him home, which uh-huh. I didn't care to do. But um, he kept saying he needed to puke, and I was like, listen, if you need to puke, just tell me I'll pull over. Don't puke in my car. And he's like, no, no. Well, we, of course, we were like on the highway where you can't really pull over and we are cooking him to Craig Crabtree's house mm-hmm. and he said he, he was like I gotta puke and I'm like oh my god trying to roll my window down mm-hmm. I did get it down he pukes down into oh yeah window. I do remember this yeah yes and he and fucked your window up forever it, it it fucked my window up <laughs> and my window I would be rolling it up and it would just be like neat, 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 and fall down in the door yeah all the time <laughs> yeah oh for a couple I, years, I had a, shit, a window that was shit. Yep, I forgot. I didn't know if it was going to stay up or down. Yeah, I forgot all about that. <laughs> That's what... I had a moment like that. I wasn't even drunk. I went and had dinner with friends up here. This is before I quit drinking. Probably like two or three months before I'd quit drinking. But I had like one beer there. Maybe maybe two or three. I can't remember. Like I, you know, I just had a couple beers. One with dinner and then a couple at another bar. Then we went. I went to a friend's house who was having friends over. And I maybe had one there, but I started getting a really bad migraine. Like, just, I couldn't, like, me having the inability to, like, leave without making it awkward was also part of the problem. Because I could not, just like, hey, I gotta go, it don't feel good. It was like, I gotta stick out this out until there's, like, a proper time for me to leave. Instead of actually, just like, hey, I just don't feel good, I gotta get out of here. Because <laughs> I felt like they're, <laughs> gonna, they're all gonna judge me if I say, hey, I don't feel good. <laughs> So I'm like, uh, so I'm like that. I get start getting home. I'm like, man, I might have to throw up when I get home because my head was just pounding and like blinding, like pain. And then I have train tracks not too far from my house, and I go over the train tracks, and then it's like that. I'm like, no, I'm gonna have to puke like really soon. And I get about, I don't know, 300 yards from my house. I'm like, nope, I can't hold it. So I slam on the brakes and try to open the door, and I don't quite get the door open in time, and it just right on the side of the door. I'm like, this is the worst moment. I can't even like like blame it to like I was just super drunk and I just couldn't get out in time and I was just no it's just like I believed in myself a little too much that I could hold it in longer than I could yeah. I was like uh cleaning that the next day was the I cleaned it like the whole night like I stayed up for like two more hours after I got home just cleaning and scrubbing and spraying and doing all the stuff like even with a headache actually oh, once the headache once I puked the headache's like okay I'm gone now I'm like mm, thanks yeah you came in and wrecked my like wreck wreaked havoc on my life. Well, it sounds like we need to make new memories in our healing area. Oh, yeah. Because a lot of our memories are in the, yeah, Yeah. the alcohol area. (laughs) Yeah. Like I said, um, you've had a child since 
this time? How is that going? A lot going on. Yeah, how is um, motherdom? Motherdom. <laughs> um, so I never wanted a kid, mm-hmm. first of all. Um, and she was a surprise, but the best surprise ever because mm-hmm. she, I really feel like she saved me mm-hmm. because obviously I was not on a good trajectory. Right. And it's really hard, really hard being a mom. Oh, yeah. But it's awesome. I don't know. It's the weirdest thing. It's the weirdest, most complicated thing. Yeah. Yeah. But that was when I realized I had severe mental health issues that I needed, like, help with. Because once you start thinking about being a mom, you think about your parents and your childhood. And you're like, oh, shit, I don't want to do that to my kid. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Um, So then you, I mean, yeah, you have to change. Mm -hmm. And grow and it's really hard as you know well i, I well kind of but not without having a little one planted like oh shit i gotta take care of this i gotta figure well, out how, how do you feed this thing and stuff like that that's not even the hard part <laughs> uh, really the hard part is just the energy mm-hmm. it takes oh yeah the emotional energy yeah. of being a good like the best parent you can be i'm not just family the best parent but i try to be a good parent yeah. Do the best I can. Yeah, that's what I've mentioned on the podcast in random episodes. I'm like, you know, the thing with kids is like you can't like overdo it, then you can't underdo it. Like there's like this weird like perfect balance that you're not even 100% sure is like the right thing. Because like you yeah. may have done like what you thought was the best thing imaginable for them, but for some reason 20 years down the line that had created some weird trauma that you didn't, you didn't couldn't even imagine right. that's like caused yeah. you. Like, oh shit, I did that by accident. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, you're going to fuck something up. Yeah. I mean, you can Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There, like, there's no way around it, I don't think. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I make the joke that, you know, I don't claim my kids. I've got kids out there. I just don't claim them. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I hope not. Yeah. No. I don't think, so. like, if I did, I'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do with this information. I don't think it's out there. I could, because I'm trying to think, like, there's only ever one that I thought was possible, but even then, I'm like, the timeline doesn't quite work. I'm like, okay. Because, like, whenever does she first announced... Huh? She Like, does that good happen? They have... They, yeah. She got married and all that stuff to the guy who's the dad, and I think it looks pretty much like him, so I was like, okay. But I was, like, trying to think of the timeline, and I was like, that's, like, fairly close to when we were dating. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> I was, like, kind of freaking out. It. Yeah. You're, like, creeping Facebook, like, that's this kid yeah, like, yeah, it comes out, I'm like... Just looks like me. Just looks like a schlub. I'm like, oh god, that's totally me. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be me. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, that happened to uh, you know my friend Lisa. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she was weirdest thing, coloring someone's hair, random person first time doing their hair, and she was like telling her about like, yeah, I'm on this journey to find my biological dad and blah blah blah, and uh, I think is it's one of two people. We, we've narrowed it down to it's either this guy from Lucasville or this guy, Joe Stamper from Garrison, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And Keisha, Keisha being Keisha, is like, oh, that's weird. My dad's name is Joe Stamper, and I'm, he's from Garrison, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And the, <laughs> that ended up being her half-sister. Oh, wow. And the girl was like an adult, married with kids. Yeah. Older than Keisha. Yeah. Obviously. Well, that's what that, yeah. Yeah. I remember I had a, my cousin, her husband, um, I guess when he was 15, he like he got with a girl and she ended up getting pregnant, had him a kid. But um, like 17 years later, 
they had to do DNA tests with like six different guys to find out who the dad of her child was because there were like six different options on the table, which I'm like, hmm, I don't want to comment on what that kind of means. <laughs> but yeah, it ended up being his and he had to pay like child support back for like 17 years, even though he was 15 and she was like 19 or 20. I'm like, isn't there other things that can be brought up in that kind of situation? <laughs> What's wrong with that? Well, possibly, if it were that long before. Yeah. You know, maybe the mom was just like, you know how time, yeah, it's yeah. an era. It's not that month. I mean, she's like, well, these are the guys I slept with in that year. Yeah. You know, that could know. be, yeah. I don't remember the timeline. Yeah. My thing was more like, hmm, 15 and 20. Uh, uh, that's weird. <laughs> it's just weird. That age difference. Yeah. There's call all me, kinds of, I don't know. Yeah. There's all kinds of shit like that that goes on. Yeah, I would say, <laughs> call me old-fashioned, but I don't like pedophiles. No, no. <laughs> no one, I don't think anyone does. I don't think it's old-fashioned. <laughs> yeah. That's my biggest fear as a mom, or pedophile, yeah. looking at my kid. Mm. Like, we, I'm paranoid about it. Like, and I don't even care to yeah. look crazy, because I'd rather look crazy than someone be a creep to my kid. Yeah. I don't even like people talking to her in the grocery store. I just stare them down like, what's that? Yeah. This is a child. Yeah. We were in Aldi the other day because now we're on this like extreme budget because of my ADHD. I'm bad at saving money. I'm oh, like, yeah. I have to. Mm-hmm. So now we're running this house and we have to have all this money at one time. And I'm like, <laughs> oh shit, we have to be on a budget. <laughs> we have to actually go to the grocery store instead of getting them delivered to our porch. Yeah. So we were at Aldi shopping and she wanted to go get a cucumber for her favorite vegetable mm-hmm. and it was seriously like five feet away but there was this old man in between us and her and she ran over there and i was like i mean i was on top of it like staring this at this man <laughs> and brad was like i'm right here i'm right here i see her and i was like i want to be right here and mm-hmm. see her and you're not as paranoid as me yeah <laughs> But yeah, there was no reason for it. I don't know. It's just your biggest fear. Yeah, I yeah. Well, everything you see out there, you kind of it would naturally kind of sink into like how you feel about things. Oof. And it really does happen way more than you think. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it's. I mean, you'll randomly get like news stories. I remember there's one that was a couple years ago. I won't go into the details because it's like too gross and I don't want to talk about that much. But it was like some guy I've hung out with like multiple times at like parties. And, like, the victim was, like, seven. And it's like, ugh. ugh. He has, like, oh, I know that person. And, like, my, uh, my buddies who I've played music with, like, in bands, they used to be in bands with him as well. And it's like, ooh. We oh, all, like, God. know somebody who is that guy. And it's like, ugh. Yeah. Which I didn't really like yeah, that guy. I, I will go on record, not because, like, well, obviously because of that. But he also seemed like a douchebag. So I'm like, I wasn't very close to him. I didn't really like him that much. But... Yeah. I met him at a couple parties and he was kind of like an ass. Like one of those like, oh, I'm going to kind of like make fun of you because you like, no, you don't know. Or like, I've never met you before. So I'm going to be like big upping you. So I'm like, yeah, I don't give a fuck about this. And then he mm-hmm. turned out to be that. So I'm like, well, I guess I'm big upping you because I don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> horrible. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Ugh. Let's like, let's not talk about pedophiles. Well, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, did you have another story though before? Um, no, I don't think so. Okay. So you're buying a house in Minford. Mm-hmm. 
how was that pro how stressful is that process <laughs> especially in the I, modern market it's terrible yeah but listen so i had really bad credit in my 20s and mm. i had to repair it and it was terrible to do that terrible and at the same time putting brad through school you know being self-employed COVID happened i have a baby battling postpartum mm -hmm. terrible time mm -hmm. right and but the whole time i'm dealing with this credit trying to repair it and all i want to do is buy a house that's my whole goal and it felt like it would never happen so then when i like we were like oh my god we're approved for a mortgage what the hell i was it was for this specific house actually that ended up not working out and um when that house didn't work out i was devastated because i felt like again that opportunity was being taken from me mm -hmm. and I was just in such the mindset, I guess, that I would never, it was just never going to happen. It felt so far away that I guess I thought that house was the only option. I don't know. Oh, yeah. And my our mortgage lady was like, why don't you just go house shopping? And I was like, oh, Brad, we can go shopping for a house. We can pick <laughs> out the house we want to live in. What the hell? Yeah. And um, I was like crying happy tears. It was, it, it was so, okay. So then like you're up here, right? Well, first of all, start start on the low end of the mountain then you're on top of the mountain you're like oh my god i made it mm. well then it's this market is so bad um first of all we were proof for enough that to where you should be able to buy a nice family home mm -hmm. and the market's so bad that it was hard to find things in that price range that were just i don't not needing like a total gut job or you know like yeah. I was like, what? So, uh, which a few years ago wouldn't have been the case. Right. Also, there's not many things available. So we experienced four houses, five houses that didn't work out because of a bidding war or a cash buyer or something like that before we filmed this house. Mm -hmm. um, there was actually one house that I was like, you know what? I think the universe is telling me that I need to let go of control. And this is my lesson for this era. Mm -hmm. And I... Uh, I'm not going to find a house until I learn to let go of control of everything because I can't control everything. So I actually didn't even go see one house. I didn't even go. We made an offer on it and I made Brad go and I was like, whatever, if you think we can live there, I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> but when it, when it, I was that, it was that emotionally. I was like, I can't, I can't do it again because I was getting so disappointed every time it didn't work out. Yeah. But, oh, I'm frozen. Do you see that? Am I frozen? Yeah, yeah you're frozen. With and, my and, eyes rolling. Yes. <laughs> I look like an alien. <laughs> oh, we are so unfortunate we don't do these on video because this would... Oh, no. I'm, I'm just like a screenshot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's still frozen. Wonder. But anyway, I am happy. I'm so happy with the house we found. I'll invite you over mm -hmm. when we have a housewarming. I have a saltwater pool. Ooh. It's good for your skin. I'm yeah. so excited about it. I haven't been in the pool in I don't know how long. I can't remember the last time I got in a pool. Oh, my God. Mm. I really have no idea. I can't even begin to imagine the last time I got into a pool. I know. Well, when you live in the city, it's not like everyone has pools. No one has a backyard. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, you're welcome to come to my pool. All right. Around in there. I own a pool. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I'm trying to think. This picture reminds me of another picture I took of you one time. 
um, at a pizza place. I know what and... you're talking about. <laughs> I hate that picture. It's 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 being true though. It's being true. I think the the picture is true. You just have a very. Uh, I mean, what what's the best way to describe the look? Um, <laughs> I don't even know. It's like annoyed or just kind of like I don't know. Exasperated. Yeah. And I just put, is the worst, is the caption, is just, is the worst. <laughs> and if I'm thinking, if I got my nights right, which, you know, there's so many nights. This is a night me and my buddy Jake met up with you and your friends. Um, and you invited us back to your place because it was right by that Kroger on 7th, the Krogetto. Yes. And you're right by there. And we went back because you guys were like, oh, you know, we're going to drink there or we're going to you know, continue partying or whatever we were going to do. At least that's my understanding. Uh, Jake said there was other illegal activities that could be happening, such as smoking. Um, well, so he I didn't, I'm, I'm not a weed smoker. I never have. It makes me paranoid. And yeah, so I, have I, enough, I have enough going on in here. I don't need anything like that. But <laughs> our neighbors grew pot. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm bringing it over. Yeah, so we're like, okay. So we decided we like follow you and your friends. It was Amber and some uh, another girl. Uh, yeah, we went back to your place, and then as soon as we got there, like we sat, and you know, I sat down on the sofa. The Casey girl laid down beside me, and then you and Amber immediately go into your room, change your pajamas, come out, say we're going to bed, and go right back <laughs> to your bedroom. And then like me and I that. yeah, so me and Jake are like in the Uber, like in silence for like a few minutes after we leave. <laughs> and eventually, I'm like, I think I said, I'm like, like they said we were going back to like continue like partying right and he's like yeah i was like okay because i thought we totally just creepily just followed you guys back to your apartment <laughs> i know i remember you like mentioning that the next time i saw you texting me about it the next day or something and yeah you're like you know what the you know what the hell and i was like well i don't know i just got tired yeah you, you didn't misunderstand we we're just assholes yeah it's just like as soon as you like when they're like man did we like completely misread this and like randomly follow girls back from a bar to their place and like force our way in there <laughs> Like, and ugh. they're like, um, no, we're going to bed. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm thinking correct, was that the night you lim- one of you limboed at a bar, and like with somebody's purse strap, and somebody oh, fell? That's fun. Sounds like something we did, yeah. Yeah. Um. Somebody fell though, doing it. I can't remember. I don't think it was you. Somebody fell doing it. Like so they pulled like the. Somebody like lost their purse strap. Everybody picked it up, stretched it, made it into a limbo pole, and somebody going over it just like I don't know if they face planted or just like fell backwards and like hit their head off the ground. Oh no! Yeah, I remember that vaguely. I remember me and Amber went through a glass table in the VIP area and Dahlia or whatever it was called and got kicked out. Ooh. Yeah. My buddy. I like hugged her or she hugged me or something. We were just being like real drunk and stupid. And, like, whoever it was fell straight back through the glass table. <laughs> the whole scene. Yeah. Got escorted out. <laughs> I remember there was a guy um, used to play music at Port City. He was having a bust up with his girlfriend. And she she said something. She walks outside and got him all, like, fired up, and he's super drunk. So he goes walking out Port City's back door and, like, flings the door. And there was that flower pot that was, like, right beside the back door. <laughs> so the door hits the flower pot and the whole window and the door just shatters just completely shatters and like i just remember i go out there and just there's a big pile of glass by the back door i'm like how the fuck am i supposed to close up shop tonight (laughs) there's no window in the door people can just walk in 
And then he gets down on his knees and starts like picking it up with his bare hands to try to clean it up. And I was like, uh, don't do that. Don't just leave it. I'm going to fix this. Like, just fucking stop. Just stop and leave. <laughs> just leave right now. You've done enough. Yeah, you've done enough damage tonight. Let me, I'll take care of this. <laughs> it's just like this big pile of glass. I'm like, oh my God. And they got to fix like at three o'clock in the morning. I'd like stick around at work until like three while they did it. Just to make wow. sure nobody tried to steal anything. I'm sure you saw a lot of shit there. Yeah, not as much. Like, I always pride the fact that I never had one single fight in the four years I worked there. Nice. Except one yeah, time. This... It's not like a fight bar. It's like it's got a cool vibe. Yeah, there was one college dude tried to fight me one time, though. Why? Because his dad was refusing to pay his tab. He said he already paid it. I'm like, no, you didn't. And then uh, his dad, I can't remember what he said. He like, gave me like a $20 bill. He's like, take that and shove it down your fucking throat. So oh. I'm like, yeah, get the fuck out of here. Go fuck yourself. That's just what I told him. And then his son came and got my face. And I'm like, dude, don't fucking, don't do this. <laughs> like, like I'm not saying I kicked his ass or something. I have no idea. I'm not a fighter. But I'm like, who's the cops going to believe, the drunk kid or the bartender at the bar where no fights ever happen? I'm like, dude, I can fuck up your entire life if I wanted to. <laughs> if, I, if you swing at me, I can fuck up your entire life. Did I lose you? Technical difficulties, ladies and gentlemen. This will be cut out. There we go. Can you hear me? Yeah. I don't know what happened. I have no idea either. I know I had trouble... Well, I'm not stuck on the alien face now. Yeah, you got that rid of. I didn't get any, even get a chance to screen snip it, so I'm very saddened by that. That would have been my <laughs> eye roll... That would have been my... Yeah, yeah that's going to be my eye roll text to everybody for the rest of my entire life. <laughs> I don't think you're going to send it. <laughs> Did you say a picture of that? What, what is that's it? That's the same. That's the exasperated face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I can get that all cut out, so no big deal. Like the dead space that happened there. Yeah, I was trying. I could hear you the whole time, and I was hitting all the buttons, and I was like, I'm ending it and calling back. Yeah, because <laughs> I think I saw you like kind of trying to come in and come out, but like nothing was ever like working, so I don't know. Whatever. Where were we? Some kid tried to fight me. That's that's the end of that story. Yeah, and you, you could have ruined his life. Yeah. Um, Do you remember that one night at Fort City um, when I was dating that asshole guy? Um, I won't say his name, but I know you know who I'm talking about. Um, I, oh, I mean, you're going to have to be a little more specific with your asshole. I, I know. Well, they, they were all assholes. <laughs> <laughs> but I dated him during cosmetology school. Um, his last name started with an M. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so he's like all super jealous all the time. And oh, yeah, I'm yeah. Reasonable. And I was just like, I'm doing my own thing. Yeah. And <laughs> he, we were there, and that was like a week before. I that was like one of the things that I was like, okay, I just got to go. But he was being super crazy all night, making everyone uncomfortable. And you were just stuck there behind the bar and like watching everything go down. <laughs> <laughs> I remember every time he'd come in after you two broke up. He'd always ask me if we were good. I'm like, I'm yeah, I think so. I'm like, well, I don't know what Aaron's told you. I'm kind of like, she doesn't really say anything bad about you to me. Like, she's, I mean, you would, but like, nothing that was like, you can't come here and drink. Like, I gotta make money, man. Now, if like he would like slap you around, I'm like, yeah, take your shit and get the fuck out. But you know. No, I didn't have a need to say anything bad about him. I was just so done with him because I put up with too much. You know, I was yeah. like, 
not gonna yeah because every time you talk to me it was always like oh he thinks anytime i hang out with like you or hang out with like Corey or hang out with anybody who's male like you know there's something going on i get grilled every time i like go out and see anybody i'm like that's annoying it was it it was because it was way too much like um actually the weekend maybe after that that i broke up with him i had a really bad kidney stone that i had to actually have surgery to remove because they couldn't even like blast it and I ended up in the ER and um, he, he was gone for the weekend and he was, I couldn't text him back. I was so sick and in such pain. I just couldn't even like deal with my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to have like my mom come get me and drive me to the ER. So um, he was texting me. It wasn't that long. It was like four hours. And um, finally I was like, I'm in the ER. I have really bad pain. I don't know what's going on. And um, he didn't leave me and thought I was cheating on him. And like freaked out and i was like okay i'm not can't even have a medical emergency mm-hmm. here <laughs> uh dating in your 20s yeah my dating in my 20s always end up they were engaged or we broke up when they got married there was that was that one that was fun i don't know if you remember her or not i, I know who you're talking about yeah you're talking it was one, one of those i like, get on facebook on saturday i'm like hey i got married today i'm like huh you were asking me about meeting your dad last week <laughs> She was unstable. Why for her? I hope she's yeah. doing better. I think she's pregnant with number three. So. Well, I hope she's doing better mentally. In a better place. <laughs> yeah, probably. She's got away from all this. This. Uh, oh. No, I don't think that was the problem. <laughs> you know, I bet that was, though, was like you were the stable person. So, or like you know, better, safer partner mm-hmm. that would provide emotional stability. So she's like, no, I can't have that. Nope, never mind. Yeah. Emotional stability? Come on. Who, who are we talking about here? This guy? Emotional stability? You don't cause other people emotionally stable either. But I don't really have a terrible effect on other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I am kind of... Okay, I don't know. I'm this... happened again. <laughs> no, there you go. Can you, you not hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Can you no? hear me? And I can't hear you. You can't hear me? Is that what's happening? Jesus. Okay. Oh, are you there? <laughs> One second. I think I may have cut out for a second. It wasn't. Can are he- you there? There we go. <laughs> I think I cut out that time. Yeah, you did. Can okay. you hear me? Yeah, because like, even like my, like uh, yeah, I can hear you. You're good. But even my like recording stuff, I like randomly paused. So, I don't know. This is all still kind of new territory. The... Um, what you might call it, the remote podcasting. You're yes. my, yeah. You're, I appreciate you doing it for me. No problem. Like I said, life is life. So, Monster Eight the Pilot's not, not everybody's that. life. <laughs> it's not the most important thing going on in everybody's life. Is not my show. As much as I want it to be, like, share, subscribe, support. Yeah. Might be in someone's life. It might be. Maybe. Yeah. Never know. That's what uh, when it first started. I used to be like kind of. I wasn't like obsessed with it, but I, like like looking through where people listen from and like um especially when somebody messaged me like oh i'm like in the podcast and i'd literally see their like listen ship like uh, my buddy dennis is in new mexico and he messaged me oh he's like no i've been listening to the show and i'd go in and i literally see somebody in new mexico has been listening i'm like oh that's dennis right there (laughs) yeah like the analytics stuff was fun but now it's just like yeah just put it out there after I record for far too long, keep saying it's going to be a half hour tonight, and then an hour and a half later, I'm still talking to myself because that's how most shows <laughs> end up going. 
I mean, whatever is working, that's fine. If that's what they want to listen to, that's why they're listening to it. Yeah, it's true. And it's fun. It's fun. Let's think. Yeah, I know. I've always kind of wanted to do a podcast, but I don't have, like, the follow-through mm-hmm. to do such a hobby. Yeah, that's what uh, – this was, like, 10 years in the making because, like – when I first heard about podcasts like a decade ago, I'm like, that sounds like really cool. I should look into how to do that and like stuff like that. And I just never did. Then it kept getting bigger. Then I'd meet other people who had this like the same idea, like my buddy Aaron or Lauren. We'd have these ideas for like something that would work as a podcast. And then we'd always get to the time to get the equipment to do it. And then none of us wanted to do that part. It was like, uh, wait for the other one to come up with that I- that part of the idea. Like get the microphones, get the recording equipment. That was like always. Like, if it was, like, me and Aaron, I was expecting Aaron to do it. Aaron's expecting me to do it. So, nobody would do it. <laughs> so, and then eventually, like, well, you know, last year it just became, I've got the money to do all this stuff. I can do it. So, I, like, shit or get off the pot. Just do it. Why not? Yeah. Well, it's working out well for you, isn't it? Yeah. Once I get that big Spotify deal and $300 yeah. million dollars or whatever it is now. Like, get a Patreon. Oh, get Yeah. Patreon. Yeah, I don't know what the Patreon is. I think I should start an OnlyFans instead. I think that would be fun. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I always talk about doing podcasts in my underwear. Now you can get like a live feed of me in my underwear, like just, just my underwear down below. <laughs> I think you might lose some viewers. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, you can listen to you might, audio- I mean, you gain a different crowd. For That's sure. true. A crowd that loves to pay, though, because some of those OnlyFans models make an absurd amount of money doing absolutely like just taking pictures of their feet so yeah that's true at the same time maybe you can pay me to not do the show in my underwear maybe that will be my only fans is like the reverse where they basically they pay me to keep clothes on yeah yeah, yeah. you know if you yeah. donate 15 dollars, like, i'll if button you give me five dollars yeah i'll put my shirt on yeah it's like yeah if not i'm gonna sit here and play with my nips yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> you give me five bucks i'll go up one more button <laughs> 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 oh that was wild when OnlyFans kind of popped up because it like it was just like the I think it was the pandemic was like it's big driving force because everybody got money you and know both know someone who that's their job yeah they support themselves off of OnlyFans you would know who it is yeah good for them yeah like yeah if you I got mean, it seriously. use it I know yeah I wish I had it yeah be a lot easier <laughs> <laughs> I don't know putting up that much content. Which I, my buddy Rob had to explain to me how OnlyFans worked. Because it's just like, I'm like, eh, I'm not going to learn how something new works anymore. I'm too old for it. And he was like, basically, you subscribe to people, and then you, like, you subscribe for a month, like, a monthly fee. And then everything mm-hmm. they post, you can also buy. I'm like, so you, like, have to double dip to, like, get any, like, I don't know. It, it just sounded weird to me. I'm like, that seems kind of, not scammy. Amazon it's like the wrong Prime one. video does the people. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like you basically <laughs> subscribe for Amazon. It's like, but if you want to watch movies, you got to pay extra to do that. I'm like, oh. Yeah. But I already have Amazon like, Prime. You're paying the monthly fee just to have the right to buy things. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hmm, that sounds, yeah, but I guess, I guess I've never thought of it the Amazon way. That makes a little bit more sense. I'm like, okay, I guess I get it. But at the same time, you know, people making mm-hmm. millions millions i know and it's like it is something to do with just like going viral on social media and marketing your business or whatever like a it's algorithm thing mm-hmm. i think too that even gets exposure to you yeah how much you post. yeah i hate algorithms they never understand me they never understand who i am <laughs> like they just don't know me i'm like ugh. 
And that's like my other thing. I bitch about it all the time. Don't put it in a box. Yeah. I have my own likes. Nobody tells me what to like. I'm a douchebag. I do not like being told what I should and should not like. Like, you can 100% like, oh, Brandon, this is like, this band is literally making songs for Brandon. You can think that. If yeah. you suggest it to me, I hate their guts. And I'm like, oh, or, or I already heard about them years ago. Even if I've never heard them, I heard about them years ago. <laughs> oh, my. So, uh, do you listen to Polyphia? No. Seems like you would. Mm-hmm. Um, so, in April is Brad's birthday, probably in March, he was like, he's really into this band, Polyphia, which he plays music mm-hmm. as well. So, I feel like people who play music like different things than those of us who don't mm-hmm. play instruments. And they are an acoustic rock band. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just hear, you know, on his computer every now and then, or like in the car. We usually take my car on family things because it's an SUV so I hardly ever ride in his car but when I do they're on and they're good you can tell they're good and skilled and talented but it's an acoustic rock band mm-hmm. they don't have words and I just feel oh like you mean they're, they're like an instrumental band uh, that's what I mean yeah sorry not acoustic yeah. sorry wrong word see I, I know nothing yeah. about music well instrumental rock band no words mm-hmm. none so He's like, can we go to the Polyphia concert in Columbus for my birthday? And I'm like, God, can you please find someone else to go? Yeah, do some edibles um, and go. Maybe not me. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like, I I don't, I can't, though. I can't because I can't control myself. I'm, no. I'm already crazy enough. I can't. And I was nervous about it because that was my first concert ever that I would not be going to and using any type of substance. Mm-hmm. So I was oh, yeah. nervous about it. Yeah. And. I, it made me really, like, anxious. I was like, oh, God, I can't go. Like, I won't know how to act. I'm not going to be blitzed on my fucking mind. Mm-hmm. So we went with our friend Scotty and Keisha because Scotty's into Polyphia, too. Me and Keisha were hating on it. Like, this is going to be terrible. There's not even words. They're all going to feel the same. It was actually awesome. So you should listen to them. I love it. I would go again. And I like the main guitarist only because he's really good. Mesmerizing when he plays the guitar. But... I read an article about him because, of course, afterwards I got like hyper focused and had to find out everything about him. And um, there was an article about him that called him like the best guitarist God on earth mm-hmm. or something. And there's a picture of him at that time. And then the next article I found about him, like a few months later, giant throat tattoo. Mm-hmm. Well, I, he didn't have it before. Yeah. But they called him the best guitarist on earth. And he's like, I'm getting a fucking throat tattoo. I've made it. Yeah. I'll yeah. never have to work in a bank. Yeah. I can't do the front of neck tattoos. They weird me out. Well, he has enough where it's just his whole body and you don't even Yeah. 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 <laughs> Listen to Polyphia. Okay. I you do like some it. instrumental stuff. Because I recommended it. Yeah. I, I do like instrumental stuff now. Um, you were saying something about my posters. Which one? You know, which one? Like when I, you're staring at me, is it on my right side yeah. or my left? Because yeah. I switch camera angles in the room. My left, like it'd be my left side. So when you're right facing yeah. so I've got my Godfather poster. No, when, uh, back further. Yeah. Yeah, that's my... Uh, oh, that's right. I think I can see... Oh, okay. I had, like, my screen was only showing, like, a... Almost like a cell phone type oh, aspect. Oh, the one by the lamp. I couldn't, lamp. See, I couldn't see, like, where you could see it. So that's Bruce. That's Bruce Springsteen. Oh, okay. I couldn't tell. It just... It looks like a boxer. Yeah. Like, in this pixelated view. Yeah, I could see that. He's. I think he's playing harmonica on that. Oh, yeah, it looks like he's one like this. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, the god of my entire existence, Bruce Springsteen. Yes, yes. What? What? Yeah. No, five minutes. Okay, I got five minutes. Okay. Was that Libby? <laughs> Yes, she's been knocking on the door the whole time. She'll just be like, like the littlest knock. Because I was like, I have to do this by myself. Yeah. I can't come in. And she's like, why? Can I just be in the background? <laughs> like, no. Sorry. Yeah, some of the stuff that will pop out, like, I'm good. I'm actually, like, as much as I curse, I curse all the fucking time. Like, my mom complains about how anytime she listens, how often I curse. <laughs> so, like, uh, I get, I always get that as much as, as if I'm like a 12 year old. Like, you shouldn't say that stuff. But, as much as I curse, I'm always able to control it around kids. Like, yeah. I can't control around anything else. Like, I even think about it when I'm trying to, sh like, record. Like, mom doesn't want to hear me say all this stuff, so I'll try and cut it back. And I'll listen back, and I curse even more than I usually do in that episode. I'm like, no chance. But if there's a kid around, I can completely just cut it off. Yeah, I don't really curse in front of her except for when something, like, happens and it's an accident. You know, like, yeah. I brought something, like, fuck. And I'm like, I'm sorry I said a grown-up word. And she's like, I didn't even hear it. And I'm like, oh, did she not hear it? Or does she not know what it is? Or do I say it so much that she... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know which one. But she doesn't. She doesn't. She's very... Has always been, since she was two, you can be like, that's a grown-up word. And she'll be yeah. like, oh, okay. I'm not grown-up. I won't use it. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah, I know. She's... I, she was sent here to, like, teach me lessons. I don't know. I'm just worth to have her. She's, she's an older soul than I am. <laughs> yeah how old is she now five yeah she turned five in march she'll start kindergarten this year yeah. are you ready for that no it's actually really sad i've like enjoyed being her mom and then raising her and i've never cried about a milestone i'm like oh i'm just blessed to be here and then when she turned five i cried the whole week because it's like she's not a baby anymore yeah weird she's a whole kid with all these thoughts and critical thinking skills it's crazy yeah. that's what uh i talked about with my therapist david i've talked about it with uh, one of my buddies at work like about how like time works because she's still at that age where like things can take forever to happen mm -hmm. like you know whenever people think like you know the years just go by faster and faster it's like it's because like our perception of everything because when you're 10 years old like one year of your life is literally 10 percent of your entire existence it's tied up in one year like now it's like it's less and less and less. And that's why it feels like everything just happens quicker and quicker and quicker. And yeah. she's still at that age where things take forever. Like Good five minutes. For her. Five <laughs> minutes for chicken nuggets. Ugh, I shit. know. That's what I was like, five minutes. And she's like, five minutes. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, that's going to be yeah. forever. <laughs> she's in agony out there for five yeah. minutes. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I guess I can let you go. Unless there's something else you want to talk about or just want to discuss or bring up. Um, I mean, I don't think so, but I'll, I'll you know, we'll get off here and I'll be like, damn it, I meant to talk about that. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> I meant to say that at the beginning. It's like, like before we went on, like, if you forget to say something, don't worry. Everybody at the end always like, oh, we didn't talk about this. I'm like, yep. yeah, every single person. There's always something either I even forget about talking about or wanted to ask you or something like that or something you just like randomly or you'll remember something we're talking about. Like, Oh, I wanted to talk about this instead. Oh, I did want to tell you, cause I don't think you knew this. I been, I've been sober for like two years. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Cause the last time I saw you, I wasn't like in person. The last time we went to dinner, um, oh, yeah. 
and then shortly after that, I had an episode and was like, I can't drink. What am I thinking? (laughs) And then I haven't drank since then. And I'm happier. I know. (laughs) It's, um, I've talked about it on a different episode with my friend Casey, like, you know, kind of dealing the first few months after sobriety are like the toughest because everything you've numbed for whatever that time was comes rushing right to the forefront. And then you don't have that thing that was numbing it or pushing it down anymore. So you're kind of like forced to deal with shit. Mm-hmm. So that's why I always said like, you know, once I got past for me, it took six months. It was like six months of me wanting to cry every single fucking day and like trying to figure out my goddamn life every single day and not knowing what to do until I finally got to a point. I'm like, okay, I don't quite feel like crying as much today. So I think I'm getting better. Um, that I think that's what happened to me with my pregnancy, which was started my whole journey of like personal growth, like oh, yeah. really working on it. Um, because I ha- had to be sober all of a sudden it wasn't my choice. Mm-hmm. So that was hard to deal with because it was, I felt like it was forced on me, you know? And I was like, Oh my God, I have so many mental health issues. I've, yeah, I've been self-medicating for so many, what the fuck is wrong with me? And I did yeah. cry every day, mm-hmm. but it was also, that was, a, I hate that my, I hope that if I get to have another child that I have better pregnancy because that was a fucking shit show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Worst time of my life, which I hate because yeah. it shouldn't be, but it was terrible but this time it's my decision Mm -hmm. and i don't have it in my head that like that i can do that at this point in my life that's what i am three years in it's like a couple weeks away from being my three three year august 27th is like my sober day congratulations thank you getting close i got the whole weekend off that week i have no idea what i'm doing yet not drinking yeah, not drinking. Um, I'm gonna. Have, I have a whole bunch of episodes to re-upload to the podcast, so it's probably just gonna be me working on podcast stuff at home instead of like going to work, just being paid to work on the podcast at home. Or am I? Have, have sorry. Have you like experienced people? Um, I don't know. Like when you're like, oh yeah, I'm not drinking or whatever. People being like negative about it or like not understanding or trying to talk you out of that. There was one thing at the very beginning, like it was like literally the day I decided I was getting sober. I called and I talked to somebody like, you know, because I was like, I was, it was obvious I was going through some shit. Like it was very obvious. I was like in a really rough spot. So I was called and I talked to him about it. And I'm like, you know, I'm, you know, I was apologizing for like kind of some like shitty stuff I was doing. So I'm like, you know, but you know, I think what I'm going to try and do, because I really don't know what else to do right now is I'm just going to try and get sober. And they scoffed like at the idea, like, like Brandon, what are you thinking? Like. And me, like, understanding is, like, even if I'm kind of explaining it, I don't really think I went into depth, like, how bad I really was off at that point. Because I wasn't even comfortable talking about how really horrible off I was in that moment for Mm -hmm. months. Like, I didn't talk to, like, my therapist. Like, I didn't get into therapy for, like, another month. That's when I finally started, like, I got to start talking about some of this shit. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think I've had any other negative stuff I can think of, at least. I've had people offer me drinks, which is off like awkward because <laughs> they don't yeah, know. Yeah. Like, oh, let me get you something. I'm like, nah. Especially with how the culture kind of is right now, everybody wants to drink, doing everything. Like, you go to the grocery store and there's like a guy walking around with like a wine glass because you can't handle being at the grocery store without drinking wine, which I think <laughs> not healthy at all. Or yeah. every um, every marathon is now like a 5K and an IPA type event, and it's like. Mm-hmm. 
you know, we used to be able to do things without having to drink all the time. <laughs> so I don't know. Because you said like not going to that show because or going to that show be like your first one since getting sober. I missed like three shows I really wanted to go to last year because of sobriety anxiety, like going to like a show and like, oh, shit, I'm at a show. I used to yeah. either drink a lot or drink to kind of feel comfortable in these things. Yeah. So that is definitely a real thing. But, you know, one day at a time or whatever cliche bullshit I can say. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. I was just wondering how your experience was with that being like in a different, totally different, like not phase of life than I am, but you know, I'm in like the family mode and um, in a rural area and like, you know, totally not. So I was just wondering, I, I would assume it's like harder for you because you're in situations like that a lot more. Yeah. And my thing, um, I think some people still think it's just like a, I'm just like not drinking for right now. Like, oh, I'm just taking a break. I'm like, that. this, like, three years is, like, a complete life change. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, and, like, every time I kind of bring it up to people, because I can't remember who I was talking to. Like, you know, I know you're not drinking right now. I'm like, no, I'm not drinking. My hope is ever. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not, like, yeah. night, right now thing, which, who knows? Maybe it is, but it's, like, I don't know. Yeah, that's I what know. I say, too. It's my plan for right now. I don't have a plan to change it. I don't really want to now that yeah. I feel so much better and, like, I did try at first to be like, I just need to drink less. And like, I really tried to hang on to it the best I could, or, you know, and, um, I would drink, I couldn't drink less when I was drinking or if I would, I would just get really depressed if I wasn't oh, like super drunk to the point of being stupid, you know? Yeah. So, and then I'll be depressed for two days after that, after mm -hmm. drinking. So oh, yeah. yeah, I was like, now I'm like, why, why, what? I act like an idiot. I do things I regret and I feel like shit the next week. So yeah. why? I just don't want to. <laughs> yeah. My thing and I don't is, think that everyone is like that, but I'm like that. Yeah. yeah I know plenty of people. It's a hundred percent healthy for them. Like we're not healthy, healthy, but like they have the proper relationship with it. Like mine got to just the point of like, this is the only thing kind of like keeping me going. It's like yeah, drinking yeah. every single day or like the only, I couldn't sleep anymore. So like I would drink to fall asleep and it was just like, I don't know, it got really bad for a while. There's probably yeah. like a real, there's like a whole, I always say like it wasn't so much that like I, like not so much alcoholism is all depression related. Like almost all of it was like depression related. Like all the drinking problems were depression related. Like so it wasn't so much I drank too much for a long time. It was like it was starting to get to the point where I'm drinking way too much all the time. Mm -hmm. And it was cutting it off early before. Um, I have to be that guy at the emergency room who's prescribed PBRs because he'd literally die if he stopped drinking, <laughs> which yeah. I hear about from my nurse friends. Like, yeah, it's like we literally guy was walking around drinking PBR like in his hospital gown because he's so much of an alcoholic. He'd literally die if we stopped drinking. Yeah. It's like, I don't want to get to that point. Yeah. And I have yeah. friends who are at that point and it's always sad. Yeah. I've seen people at that point too. And yeah, I also, and I also started abusing stimulants, which I don't think you knew while I was at my worst drinking stage because to not be hungover the next day or to get more drunk faster, mm -hmm. like, you know, so then I was like, I think, and I was actually working in the addiction field mm -hmm. too and seeing it every day and being like, I don't have a problem though. I'm young. This is my party phase, you know? <laughs> and, but then I did start to like, 
assess people and like see, oh, they have uh, severe alcohol abuse disorder. And I'd be like, shit, so do I. Yeah. And then I'd be like, we would talk about progression of addiction and I would be like, oh my God, I'm doing that. You know, (laughs) I'm adding more substances to it to deal with the effects of the first one. (laughs) Yeah. That was like always like my thing, like when I used to bartend, but like you sometimes would start seeing yourself in similarities of like the bar flies. You're like, I I kind of relate to a lot of what they're doing. I'm like, Oh, this, that's not a good sign, which that was a couple years before I quit drinking. Cause of course, you know, when you're headstrong or stubborn, as I should say, like me, it's like, Oh no, I'm different. No, most people are not different. Yeah. Everybody yeah. Kind of falls in those traps. It doesn't matter. But well, I know I, I guess, I'm, excuse it with like, I can pay my bills. Mm-hmm. I'm oh, still yeah, yeah. going to work. I'm still making money. I'm still, mm-hmm. you know, like have the, uh, uh, like even knew at the time, like I have the appearance of functionality. Yeah. <laughs> um. So it's fine. Yeah. The appearance of functionality. That's the name of my record. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> that should be, uh, that should be the title of this episode. <laughs> might be. I was actually thinking that as well. Um, no, I got to, like, you talk about, like, stimulants and stuff like that. I got to write down the notes before I forget because it's going to fly out of my fucking head. Um, I just told the story again on the podcast a couple weeks ago of, it was the weekend before I got sober. I went to my buddy's, Jake's house, even though he never has cocaine, hoping he had cocaine so I could do cocaine because <laughs> I've never done cocaine. And, like, and, like, the sad, like, the saddest part of it all was, like, so just so I could feel happy for once was the exact thinking going on in my head, mm-hmm. which I'm, like, that's, like, the best way to do cocaine is, like, it's going to cure all your problems. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, like, I'd be addicted just like that. That's why I stayed away from it, as I did, because I knew I'd probably be addicted to coke. Like, well, that, yeah, I, I actually, I started with, like, Adderall and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. now I was, like, I love stimulants. I could be a meth addict one day. I could yeah. see it. I could see it happening. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that's probably why it's scary to treat your ADHD too. It, you know, yeah. like it's, I do take Vyvanse now with like a very controlled, like I have an appointment all the time and a drug test and stuff, but it does help my ADHD. But I still have moments where I'm like, I could see where I like this too much. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I have to be really careful with it. Yeah, that's when I was happy. I didn't, I had to do hydrocodone when I broke my leg in high school after that car accident. I had to do hydrocodone Mm -hmm. and I never noticed like that euphoric feeling some people get from taking like painkillers, like to do morphine. I like literally like all my troubles went away. I'm like, no, I could still tell my leg hurt, but it Mm -hmm. didn't hurt as much. Now everybody Mm -hmm. else knew I was on hydrocodone because I tried to talk to them and I thought I was talking just fine and normal, but they're like, I'm just like mumbling to them because I'm fucked up on painkillers yeah. yeah so i like, I guess i was lucky i didn't have like that addictive quality towards painkillers at least and then painkillers somebody stole... make you paranoid. yeah and i don't like have the for yeah um that's like when i got into therapy like the first thing i said was like i do not want drugs do not give me drugs i don't want drugs i want to try and fix this like through like actual like mental work and if it gets yeah. to the point of, like, oh yeah you have to take drugs or you just are not going to get better then we'll cross that bridge but let's try this in first because you get yeah i totally understand that i think that's like great that you're yeah i I mean i did that too um but then i i've talked to you about this before i realized i had a mood disorder and i was like well 
<laughs> I'm, you know, yeah. I couldn't, I, there were no coping skills I could develop to in certain times of stress control that mood swing like yeah. problem and episodes of mania and depression. And I, I still wouldn't have done it, but I was like, that's not good for my kid or my marriage. So, um, I, that was when I got on the mood stabilizer medication and then I added the vitamins later and I'm actually really stable, but I understand that. I still don't like that I take medication, but I, my quality of life's much higher. So I just accept yeah. it. Yeah. I just take my cholesterol medication cause I am old enough to need cholesterol medication now. So that's the only thing I have to take. Brad and, takes high blood pressure medication. Oh uh, yeah. That's like my blood pressure is always like great. But my cholesterol is just a little bit high. But then, like, it went down this year. And the way the chart reads, it seems like it's an acceptable letter, uh, levels. But they still gave me cholesterol medication. I'm like, oh, man, I bet you got your kickback. I understand where this is coming from. He made his money <laughs> off me. Uh, well, maybe it's because it's at the level it's supposed to be. Yeah. And then they Which, assume it's keeping it there. I don't know. Yeah. Which, this is the first year I had to take it. Like, the last two, like, uh, two years ago, he's like, it's kind of high. And last year it went up. But this year it kind of went down. Which blew my mind because... Like, he's like, this is all you need to, like, this is what you should try and do. Like, the first year is like, you know, walk around, do this a little bit more, do this a little bit more. And, like, we'll see if it drops next year. And I did not do any of that one bit. Didn't even try to do that. <laughs> and then it went up the next year. He's like, okay, so we we'll probably should try cholesterol medication. But in my mind, it's like, well, if I actually try to do what he told me to do last year, maybe it'll drop it. And then I proceeded not to do it again. So I was like, yeah, just mm -hmm. give me the goddamn medication. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, well, lady, Aaron, I do have to go eat dinner. Yeah, um, I was gonna say it's time. I heard there's there was a knock about like ten minutes ago. So, yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Brad made uh, fajita quesadillas for dinner, Ooh. so that's what she keeps like telling me. Oh, dinner's ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining me. Like I said, I want to. I will apologize to you for fucking up the audio. I think it's like it's good. You can tell what you're saying, but there's like this like little moments where you like kind of like almost like seem like you're swallowed under the underwater. But that's oh. on me. Don't blame her, ladies and gentlemen. That's on <laughs> me. Um, this is me standing sticking up for you. Unlike that time, I didn't like get in the way of that one giant guy at Frankenstein's. So this is my way. <laughs> you're making up for it. Yeah. For it. <laughs> no, this doesn't make up for that. Yeah, you have a lot, lot more, yeah, lot more enough. effort. Fair enough. <laughs> Um, okay, well, when I move into my new house, I'll invite you over for my housewarming. All right. I look forward to it. Um, anything you got coming up or want to plug or anything like that? Um, follow my hair Instagram, Aaron Garrett Hair. Aaron Garrett Hair. There it is, ladies and gentlemen, on Instagram. It is a fun page to see with all the weird colors that happen. And yeah. it's always fun to see, like, I know that person. I know that person. Yeah, and I sometimes that. I post every single day uh, for three months and then sometimes I don't post for three months. So, you know, I'll keep you on your toes with that. Yeah. Yeah. You never know what you're going to open when you get Instagram. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Once again, ladies and gentlemen, this has been lady Aaron Garrett. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a great rest of your night. Enjoy your fajita quesadillas. Um, yeah. If you ever want to be back on the show, let me know. Or if you think of something you need to correct, if you said something wrong, you can just message me and I will post an edit or some shit. Now I have to figure out how to join everything together. So this should be fun. Thank you. It was good talking to you. Yeah. Good to see you. See you. Bye.
All right, all right, all right, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for Sports Talk. I hope you enjoyed me and Lady Aaron's conversation. It was a great conversation. I believe it was great. If I didn't screw up the audio, it would have been fucking phenomenal. That's my bad. My bad. I apologize. I apologize to the highest uh, order. I apologize to God on that one. That's my bad. Sorry, God. Anyways, I know I said there wasn't going to be sports talk this week, but uh, there's been too much stuff going on with the Columbus crew to not talk about. We've got to talk about this stuff. we got to talk about it. There's so much shit going on. It's wild. It's wonderful. It's the E Street Shuffle. What's up? Like, share, subscribe, support. Where anywhere podcasts are available, you can find this show. This show is audio only this week, but typically I am also on video on Spotify. I need to start uploading to YouTube, I guess. I don't know. I really don't give a shit about YouTube. I like watching stuff on YouTube, but, you know. Shut up, Brandon. Shut up. It's sports talk. It's a wild week. We're going to start uh, talk about a couple incomings. We're going to talk about one massive outgoing. And we're going to talk about one massive victory over a really good team from Mexico. Oh, where do we start? Where do we start? Let's just go kind of in chronological order. Uh, this was Monday. Monday. As you guys were listening to the last episode, um, you know, floating through this piece, one of the best episodes Brandon's ever done. And by that, I mean an absolute catastrophe of Brandon just kind of fucking rambling on and on and on. But at this point, you've got like 90 episodes of Monster Eight the Pilot of Brandon just rambling on and on and on. Um, no, early Monday, it was announced that the crew had signed or traded for, however it works in MLS, for Rudy Camacho, which I am very happy about. Rudy Camacho is a center back that was playing for Montreal. He has experience one for um in the mls he's been around for years i mean about four or five years now in the mls he's done a really good job in montreal um he's older guy 32 excuse me but most importantly he has experience playing a nazi system big willie style system man he's got his experience playing in it so he knows how to play this style of game he's going to go right immediately into the team it's an excellent signing i'd give it a b b plus signing the reason it's not a minus or a or anything like that is just because he is 32, so it is a win now. So it's not like, you know, I consider A-pluses guys who are going to be great for the crew for the next five years. Camacho is probably not that at 32, but you know what? He's going to do a job. I'm very excited about that. It was a great deal. I think we only spent, like, allocation money, so I don't even know what that means. I don't think anybody in MLS really knows how allocation money works, so we're not worried about it. Um, That was good news. It was good news. And then in the afternoon... Shit news. You're getting a big thumbs down if you're watching the video, but there is no video this week, so why are you even referencing it, Brandon? Uh, big old thumbs down. The Columbus crew allowed Lucas Celarayan to leave the club to head over to Saudi Arabia to play footy. Um, not happy about it. Not happy about it. Lucas is the heart and soul of this team in terms of the way he plays, the style, the magic. Um, I'm, I don't know, Timmy B, President Timmy B, said it was an offer too good to pass up uh, when the money came out that it was $6 million. I'm like, you could have passed that one up. I think you could have passed it up. If, they're on, if they weren't offering a club record fee for him, I don't see how we took that deal. But, same time, the amount of money that was probably offered to Lucas to go play there is life-changing money. So... I wouldn't be surprised if Lucas was kind of in his ears like, hey, I want to go. I want to go. You know, you're, they're probably offering three, four times as much as he's making here to go play. I mean, when you're, you know, 
it's tough to turn that down. It's tough to turn it down. I want to think that I could turn that down and like and do the right thing with all the political geopolitical nonsense that goes on with Saudi Arabia and this whole idea that sports is going to wipe away the image of human rights violations, uh, murders, uh, a genocide going on in Yemen, you know. But at the same time, I'm not being offered like. Let's see. Even if it's like I, I would think it's like three hundred thousand a week to go play there. What is that? Isn't that like fifteen million? No, oh, come on, Brandon. If you knew how to type, this would be so much easier. Yeah, offered like fifteen million and probably tax free. Fifteen million dollars to go over there and just play soccer. How can how can you say no? Really, I'd want to think I could, but I probably wouldn't. I don't have a backbone. I'm pretty weak. It was sad. I am the most disappointing part for me is the fact that we only we did not. I mean, we should have gotten everything we paid for him when we got him from Atlas. Um, there was zero reason to take a loss on Lucas. I really thought it should have been double digits, like minimum, like 11 to 12 million, which I'm not sure how long Lucas's contract ran. That may have been part of it, but it was very disappointing, especially losing him, especially right after getting Camacho. We really look like we might be, a, we're going to be a problem in the playoffs. We were going to be a problem in the playoffs with Lucas and then getting Camacho, the new kid, every single day. He's going to get better with this team, get more suited to the team, Shaberko. Um, we were going to be a problem. Didn't have to give that up because money over there. And this is one of the issues. I, I think I've talked about it already twice in Sports Talk, and Sports Talk's not very old. Uh, the MLS has got to flip its schedule. They cannot do this whole playing during the summer thing. It is stupid. It is stupid. It makes the league look so second-rate when its best players will leave in the middle of the season. Like, uh, I think last year was T.T. Castellanos from New York. He wanted out because, you know, some teams in Spain wanted him. Like, during their title uh, defense, their best player wants out of the club to go play bigger football. You know, it does not make the teams look very good. It's not, like, you know, and then in, like, even for the past few years, the crews, like, signing people, like you got to give away like half the season to sign good players because you know not a lot of teams want to like cuz Cucho Cucho would not have been available in the winter window because Watford was up against relegation they needed all hands on deck they're not letting Cucho go so we had to basically sacrifice a whole half a season with no striker that cost us a playoff spot last year to wait for Cucho to become available in the summer like that doesn't make any sense Get it flipped. And I think I said a couple weeks ago, and I thought about it more, and I was, like, dead wrong. I'm like, well, you know, I understand you don't want to go up against, like, football and stuff like that. But really, you're going up against football now. Your title game is played during football season. So, like, you're losing viewership no matter what for your title games. If you flipped it, you can play, like, your uh, MLS title game on Memorial Day or Memorial Day weekend or... You know what I mean? Mother's Day weekend or something like that. You can do something special with it. Playing at the end of the year in like December, one, weather could be such a factor because don't we still play like a team in a home game? So like if Colorado makes it to the final, you could have fucking like a foot of snow on the ground that's affecting a final. Do you want that? No. You should be playing in fucking May when the weather is best kind of everywhere. It's kind of stupid. Why is this? I don't get it. I just don't get it. It's stupid. It makes the league look so second rate that they play a different schedule than Europe or most of the world. I mean, shit doesn't. Well, Saudi Arabia kind of has to. Like they they play throughout the winter, but they have to with the heat. I'm dumb. Um, 
but yeah, I'm just like, they have to do this because it was like Titi Castellanos, a uh, guy I'm going to talk about here in a little bit when he left LAFC and went to Galatasaray, not Galatasaray, he went to Fenerbahce in Turkey. He left middle of the season. Uh, Zach Steffen from the crew, he left middle of the season. That doesn't make any sense when your best players are leaving in the middle of the season. It's like we're supposed to have a value in the title when like great players will leave middle season to like, like forego a chance at winning it. That doesn't make any fucking sense. It's stupid. Flip the schedule. I'm not sure the logistics of getting that done anymore, of flipping the schedule, but they have to do it. It's always going to be second rate if they don't flip this schedule. Second rate on a world scale. Yeah, the MLS can get to like the fourth most popular sport, maybe third. If, you know, like if baseball has continues to decline after the new rules kind of fade away, um, the NHL is always on the precipice of like kind of, is it growing or is it like, is it growing or is it like contracting? Do you know? Nobody knows. It always seems like it's growing in one market, but really shrinking in the other one. But if they want to get to like third, they might be able to do it with the way it is now. But if they want to get into like a global kind of scale, they've got to flip the fucking schedule. They have to. You cannot have the best players leaving midseason. You can't. Ugh. Stupid. It's stupid. I really love Lucas as a player, though. He was entertainment. He was what this crew team is personified. You know, he's not a great defender, but he was full of just offensive magic. I mean, the guy, like, Oh, like the long range shots. I had a big long ranger last year. That was just, I was there for, or was it the year before? There's a year I took my mom and my sister where he, it was the year I took my mom and my sister a couple years ago. So it wasn't last year, it was the year before where he put one top corner. That was just chef's kiss. Beautiful. His technique on the ball was phenomenal. Like he doesn't have like the physicality to play in like a top league, like, you know, a top like England or Spain or Italy, Germany. He doesn't quite, ha he doesn't have like the physicality or like the natural physical gifts to kind of play at that level. But his technical gifts are that good. He's as technical as almost like not, maybe not everybody in the world, but I mean, he is, if he's not world-class, he's a step or two below that. Like his technique is fantastic. I wish his corners were better. But his free kick taking was phenomenal. His invention, like he scored two own half like goals from his inside his own half, one on a fucking free kick, and then obviously that winner against Chicago. Ooh, baby, that was awesome. It sucks that we're losing Lucas in the middle of the season. It sucks, but life has to go on. I'm mostly disappointed in the the value we got out of it because I swear six million sounds like something we could have turned down. But like I said, maybe Lucas is in their ear like, you know, I want to go. I really want to go. And fair enough if he wants to. Um, it's a hit to Big Willie style and what the team is trying to accomplish because that Rudy Camacho deal is definitely a win-now type of move. Every move they've been making this summer has been a win-now move. Julian Gressel, who looks like a stud in the what half hour he played against uh, Club America, he's going to be an absolute stud. Uh, Shaberko, I think, is just going to continue to grow and grow, and I think he's going to be a really good player for us for quite a few years. Um, Cucho, I think, could explode in the second half, especially with Gressel feeding him the ball. Um, and Ramirez is a very good player. Matan didn't look good against America, but, you know, we'll get there. Um, yeah, I'm going to miss Lucas. It was fantastic having him here. He's always a Columbus crew player. He's one of the legends of the club, one of the all-time greats for the club. I think I'd put him underneath uh, Shaletto, and I think I'd put him underneath Higuain still. Um, I think he's probably, like, third or fourth in terms of all-time. you got guys like Hedgick, uh, 
Eddie Gavin's always a forgotten player, but I think Eddie Gavin's more like a cult hero more than an actual like great, great player. Zach Steffen's got to be in that conversation too, just like how good he was for the crew. Um, Zardes was good, but he's not quite that level. Celeron's better. Um, that one year with Kai Kamara, the fuck Kai Kamara. Um, Chad Marshall. There's been quite a good player. Stern John, obviously, like if you want to go way back when. Brian McBride, who was not just good for Columbus, he was also good at Fulham in the Premier League. Uh, Brad Friedel, like is probably the all-time actually true great because he was such a great keeper for a very, very long time in world football. But in terms of actual, like, just Colum- like known for their Columbus crew days, probably Higuain and Schletto is like the greatest, and Zellerion's like probably right behind them. It's a big hole to fill, big hole to fill. Uh, and we're going to get to how that hole was filled today. Yeah. That came off creepier than intended. Uh, but we're going to go over the game first. I thought this was going to be a smoke show for Club America just beating the shit out of Columbus. I thought with all the shit that went around with like losing Lucas, uh, the fans were not happy. I mean, I wasn't happy. Nobody would have, should have been happy. Um, I thought like the team would just kind of be a little emotionally drained. So I thought we were going to get smoked. I really thought we were going to get smoked. Um, I didn't get to see the first 20 minutes. I didn't get to go because of work. I got stuck to work at 8, and that's when the game started. So by the time I got home, it was like 20 minutes in. Like, by the time I got to the game, like, first half's probably over. Maybe not. Maybe, like, I probably could have went, like, been, like 25 minutes late and just whatever. Um, I guess we played really well in the first few minutes. I know JR texted me. Matan had a miss that he really needs to bury. He needs to take that next step if, you know... With Lucas out the door, Matan's got to become more of a finisher. He's got to become a little bit more lethal in the like uh, in the offensive side of the ball. Um, he does a good job passing, does his job pretty well. He's grown leaps and bounds this year to what he was the past couple seasons. Um, but he's got to become somebody who can who's got a little bit of an eye for goal. He doesn't need to become a guy who scores double-digit goals, but he needs to be somebody who can be relied upon when the chance comes to put in the back of the net. Um, I know Cucho hit the post. There's a good bit of play. Farsi over to Matam. Matam puts it over. Not by a lot. He didn't like sky it, but he needs to put it in the back of the net. He's close enough. He needs to. And then from whenever I got home, like the 20th minute until like halftime. Oh, I guess right on the stroke of halftime. Club America outplayed us big time. Big time. They were pressing us so well. They were forcing us into bad passes, bad decisions. There's just like blind balls going out, and they're just they're pressing so far up the field. America plays a really, really nice attacking brand of football, just pressing, um, winning the ball back in the offensive half. Like it's just really fun to watch, really cool to watch. Um, and even JR misses like I like the way this team plays. I'm like, yeah, they're a lot of fun to watch. Like you know, this is one of the better teams. I like that Nancy. Like you know, there's always like this idea it's like, oh, maybe we changed the way we play. Nancy's like, no. Big Willie's like, nah, this is Big Willie style, son. We doing this no matter what. It doesn't matter. Liverpool across the way, we're playing our game. We're not adjusting to them. We're playing our game, buddy. You know? And credit to him. You know, stick to your guns. Believe in your system. Believe in the manager here. Because I think Big Willie has got a lot going for him. I think he's wonderful for this team. Um, but for 25 minutes there, we were getting outplayed. They were pressing. They had more energy. They were all over us. Um, which made the uh, their the whole reason we weren't down was Schulte was playing pretty well. Then they got a free kick. I can't remember who committed the foul, but it was not from like a really dangerous area. But they took it quickly. They flipped the ball out to the right side, and their right back, I think a right wing back, takes a shot from kind of an awkward angle. But there is zero reason this ball ends up in the back of the net. Zero reason this ball is in the back of the net. Schulte just completely whiffs it 
he just whiffs it. Like, no excuse. It's a bad goal to give up. Um, especially when he's been playing so well. Good shot stopping. Um, I know he sprung a, he tried to spring a counterattack with a good throw. He does throw the ball out pretty well. His distribution's really good. Um, but he's got to make that save. It's not like it came through a host of bodies. He had sights on it. He had everything. I think he got caught between expecting that guy to cross it, and he shoots it, and he just doesn't react quick enough. He has to keep that ball out. It's not good enough. It's very disappointing to let that goal in. It's 1-0. So, you know what I mean? It's 1-0, so we have to deal with it. Um, And it was funny. I bitched about the Apple TV announcers. We had the same one from the Nashville game, which I think is one where I bitched about him the most. We had the same guy, the same color commentator. And once again, he was an atrocity. He was awful. He never shut up. He never shut up, and he did not have a good thing to say. He was just like trying to create his own narrative because he had no idea what was going on. Um, the play-by-play guy, the one guy who's supposed to talk all the time, um, when he actually was able to get a word in, was like, do you think that goal was coming? Which was obvious. It was coming. It was obvious. Like Especially like five or six minutes before the goal, it was obvious Club America was about to get something or they're going to have a really big chance because um, they were just dominating the game. And then the color commentator was like, I don't think so. I think Columbus is actually having the better of the game right now. I'm like, what are you watching? What game are you watching? Are you looking at your phone? Did you forget which team is which? Like, Because there's no way you're watching this game and saying Columbus is getting the better of this right now. There's zero way you're watching the last 25 minutes of this game and saying, yeah, Columbus is getting the better of this. No, we were not. Not even close. Oh, it was just like, it's like one of those, like my jaw dropped. And I think even JR messaged me about it and was like, I like that guy said that we were like, that goal was not coming. I was like, I'm like, dude, my jaw dropped. I'm like, are you serious? You did not think that goal was coming? You're a dumb dumb. I'm sorry, dude. You're a dumb dumb. Like, they need to vet some talent for these announcing gigs because if this is what they got, they got, they need to get better because this was, that was bad. And like I say, he never shut up. He just never shut up. It, like, you know, the way I've always viewed it, color commentator, as it should be like the, your play by play guy should be talking if they're talking is 75% of the time. And then the color commentator comes in to add to what the play-by-play is saying. This is reversed, and it's even worse. I think it's like 90% this guy talks, and then the play-by-play guy randomly gets to like chime in from time to time. But uh, it, it's bad. It, is, it was really bad. Like, Taylor Twelman was so much better the other night. Like, oh. I also thought we were going to get smoked in this game because we'd already like gotten through because uh, Club America beat up on St. Louis. So we were already through. I mean, does the home game really matter? I don't know. But now it does, because we did win. Um, no, but right before halftime, Herrera steps up, and as Steven Herrera does, he steps up, because he's a fucking machine. He gets forward, he uh, lays the ball off for Cucho, who's kind of making a little bit of a late run into the box. He's got a little bit of space. Boom, far corner, excellent goal. 1-1, undeserved, but it's 1-1. Oh, it was... It was Nice, right before half. I think it's like the 44th minute. Um, that's when he put it in. Maybe it's even in like stoppage time already. But it was, yeah, it was a very good goal to get. Um, especially with like Kucho's having been having his issues with shooting this season. Hopefully it's this like little springboard into the rest of the year now that he's really the main guy for this team. Um, hopefully he gets really going in those shooting boots. Those, those shooting sights get tuned in properly. 
Second half is a little bit more like the first half. Uh, Columbus is being pressed pretty hard. I mean, there's some phases of play where we're playing pretty well, but Club America is pressing really well. They're getting the better of it. They have two goals ruled out for offside. That second one, he really looked onside. And then, like, he really looked onside. Which, obviously, we have a little bit of an angle with the camera, but he he really looked like he was onside. And, of course, like, I've complained with Apple TV and their replays. Like, they showed the initial replay on that second one, and it looks like he's, like, three yards off sides. Like, you know, he's way off. And then they go back, and they show why they're still looking at it, and they finally replay it to when the ball is played. And it's like, oh, shit. Because it's like, as somebody viewing it at home, they show that first initial, like, shot on the replay, and you're like, oh, yeah, it's like, this guy's way offside. No big deal. And then they're taking so long to look at it. It's like, why are they taking so long for it? And then they finally show you the real replay, and you're like, oh. If somebody was doing their job properly, I'd have been sweating a little bit more about this one. But they confirmed it's offside, or they didn't have enough to overturn it, which I don't get why we can't get the uh, technology that the World Cup had that doesn't in real time, like shows people offside and stuff. But whatever. Um, yeah, I really thought that was onside, but whatever. Don't get it. But then there is a point where their right wing back comes bursting into the box, takes a shot, Schulte saves it, it gets flipped out, and Matan is basically running into the vacated space from the wing back coming forward. Excellent counterattack play. We put the ball out to him. He's running. Farsi's busting his ass down the way. So it's Cucho. Uh, Farsi becomes in the box unmarked. Matan gets it over there. Farsi's touch is a little, mm, ball might be a little bit quick, like a little bit heavy for him to take a good touch with. But he goes in. He's able to get the, take another touch on the ball and take it away from the keeper. Keeper comes sliding in. He gets enough of Farsi to validate going down. It's uh, one where Farsi throws himself down, but he is touched, and there's no way you can overturn that. It's a penalty. It's a soft penalty, but it is a penalty. As long as he goes down, that's a penalty, or it should be. Um, so good work from Farsi, good work from Matan, great work from the team on a great counterattack, springing that counterattack. Kucho steps up, boom, 2-1. The crew are in the lead of a game they have not been the better team in, but from that point on when we got that second goal, we were far better. We were the far better team from that moment on. We were springing great counterattacks. We were closing down the ball. We were not letting them get great opportunities. We were playing excellent defensive football. It was really, really strong from the crew for the next, I think it's like 23 minutes. I think I think at the goal in 68th minute, so like next 23, 25 minutes, we were fantastic. Uh, Gressel comes on, and man, He's going to make Cucho and Christian Ramirez golden boot candidates because holy shit, this guy can deliver a ball. He delivers that cross to Ramirez, and I think Ramirez is just so shocked at how great that ball is that he just can't even hit it. Like He just whiffs it because he's just so mesmerized by how good this ball was. Whipped in, and like he's right there, and he just straight up misses it. He just straight up misses his header on it. And it's like it really should have been 3 1 at that point, but not. But a couple minutes later, uh, Kevin Molino comes on, who's back from injury. Fingers crossed that he doesn't go right back to getting injured, though he took a heavy tackle there in the box on the third goal. And he got up, so good for him. He's made of glass, so you never know. But kind of a scramble in the box. Um, ball comes across. Molino tries to get there. Ball flips out to Gressel. Gressel. Calmly puts it right back across the goal. There's Ramirez. Boom, 3-1. Mm, good bit of play. Excellent play. And then later on the game, I think we're in stoppage time for the second half. Steven Moreira, my king of this crew team, Steven Moreira. If it wasn't for the Lucas goal against Chicago, this would have been my goal of the season. Um, Moreira steps up, wins a tackle. Ball comes over to me. He comes scrambling forward. Gets a nice little poke. I don't know, I'll 
past the slide tackle, I believe, and he's off to the races. Like, you know, he's fighting off a player on his back, and he's making his dribbles. He's going, and he's bearing down the keeper, flips it over, boom, right in the corner. It's 4-1, buddy. Oh, it was beautiful. The saddest part was, he's, you know, he stands there in admiration of the fans right in front of where my fucking season tickets are. My favorite damn crew player scores a goal and is standing right now, oh, man. I would have jumped on. I would have lost my season tickets because I would have jumped out of the crowd and went and celebrated with him. <laughs> it was a great goal and a great performance from Marrera. I know they gave, once again, they gave Cucho the uh, ma- uh, man of the match, but I thought Marrera was the best player on the pitch. An assist and a goal and a great goal at that and a really good assist as well. He was the leader of the team. He was the one calling everything out in the back line. Um, I thought he played fantastically. So, Huge win over a really good Club America team. Um, so I'm very happy. you got to be over the moon. I've said it. I don't think it's that crazy to think. This is one of the best performances in crew history. To beat Club America 4-1, like, hell yeah. That's one of the great, like, results in, like, crew history. It's also, with everything going around it, losing our best player, like, for a playoff push, for maybe a title push. Right? You know, right now it's, you know, don't want to go too crazy. Maybe a huge title push. Like, we're losing our best player. And on the same day, we're playing one of the better teams in Mexico, and we got there and beat them 4-1. So, I mean, that's just... That's a fantastic result. That's a phenomenal result. That's one of the best results you could have ever hoped for um, outside of, like, winning the Cups and stuff or maybe the Cruz Azul game when we won 2-0. Um, this is one of the better performances of all time for the crew. Like, it's just... it's It was so important that they came out and did that. So, hell yeah. Awesome. 4-1 over Club America. And then today it was officially confirmed, which I read about yesterday. Um, One second. The replacement for Zellerion is in, and I'm over the moon about it. I think it's about as good a signing as you could have ever possibly imagined. Um, Obviously there's like dream signings, like, you know, could we have gotten one of the Brazilian wonder kids? Like, you know, could we have went and got Matias Franca before he went to Crystal Palace for way more money than I thought he would ever go for? Could Marcos Leonardo be a guy we go for? But nah, he's going to go for way more than Mark, uh, Matias Franco went for. So like, you know, those are dreams. Those are pipe dreams. You know, we're not actually getting those guys, never getting those guys, especially like Brazilian guys. There's always like a little bit more kind of attached to their value coming out. But I mean, like, at that point, like, did we get like 12 or 13 for Lucas? Maybe we can go out there and get one of these guys. That's like, or do we get like kind of during, yeah, with the salary cap and the way it works? I mean, I don't know if you could really, salary cap's such a restriction in MLS because, you know, with the designated player stuff and all that. Yeah, say, say they gave us 25 million for Lucas. We can't really properly invest that into like great players because if they become designated players, we just, it can't work that way just because you're limited on your designated players. So you're limited on your salaries. Whatever. Anyways, who we got was former Los Angeles football club uh, star Diego Rossi, the Uruguayan international. 25 years of age. He's been a couple years in Turkey. This is a guy who is MLS ready. He already knows the league. He's been really good in this league. I think he scored 50 goals in the league by itself over here in MLS. Um, He knows the league. He knows how to play. He's a talent. He is tricky he is can play on he's versatile he can play up top he can play through the middle he can play on the wings he can play as like a central i know he likes to drift out to the left which is perfect because kucha likes to drift out to the right he basically feels right into that role that zellerion was in um he won't quite have the same magic that zellerion has from like dead ball situations just that weird creative 
ingenuity thing. But this is about as good as it gets. I mean, you get younger with the team. You get, you know, Lucas didn't look like he was slowing down at 31, but now you get a 25-year-old who now has a point to prove after. I mean, he's had he's been all right in Turkey. He hasn't been great. Uh, his goal scoring went way down. But Turkey is a weird league, man. I feel like it's like one of those places where either like guys at the end of their career show up and then all of a sudden random wonder kids go to like play out their days. It's odd. Or like complete cast-offs just randomly show up there. Um, yeah, so bringing him in, like I think it brings the reins back off of him, allows him to play Diego Rossi that you saw in MLS a couple years ago. This is about as good a signing as you can really hope for. I mean, yeah, you can go out there and say, oh, man, if only we could have got, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think of guys who are available to move. Like somebody who'd been, like, more, I guess, noteworthy, I guess. But, nah, you got somebody who knows the league, young enough that he still has the hunger to play, um, has performed very well in this league. I mean, he won a golden boot a couple years ago in the COVID year. Um, guy's got something to prove, too. This is about as good as it gets. This team went from... Win now to mm, team in flux to win now team again. Like this, this team's gonna be a fucking handful come playoff time. If Rossi hits the ground running and him and Cucho link up with a nice partnership, and him and like you know Cucho and Ramirez already got a good partnership going, and he can just slide right into that Lucas role, maybe not quite at the same level that Lucas is playing at, but still like kind of where he's contributing very well. And then Camacho comes in and Shaberko continues to improve each week, each day. With the wingback play we already got, and now adding Julian Gressel, now think just think of the, like where this team was at like two weeks ago. I texted this JRJ. I was like, you know, is this like a move when we let Delarango? Is this going to be a step back, or you know, is this like you know, are they kind of waiting for next year? I'm like, I still don't think so. Even if they don't sign anybody to replace Lucas, I still don't think they're they're really that far out of it this year because a week ago this back line was still kind of what the hell is this back line? Now with Shaberko kind of every single day, he's going to get more like kind of acclimated to the team. Um, I like what I see. I mean, I haven't got to see a lot. I can't sit there and say he's been phenomenal or he's been bad. It's like he's done a job. He stepped up last uh, against Club America. There was a play down the left-hand side where he came flying forward late in the game. You know, he seems to read the game well, so I'm I'm excited about having him. Um, getting Camacho is such a good deal. It's such a good deal. A guy who's ready to come in and play. Oh, it's going to be good. Yeah, we all would have loved Nat Phillips from Liverpool. We all would have loved that. But that's not realistic. Stop being unrealistic, Brandon. As much as you want to just kiss that motherfucker on the lips for what he did for Liverpool a couple years ago, he's not coming to the MLS this year. <laughs> that would have been the dream. Uh, <laughs> no, but Camacho's great. He's going to slide right into this team. Now you got a back line of you can play Morera right in the center still. And then you can have him flanked by Camacho and Shaberko. Or you can put Zawadzki in the middle. Or you can bring in Valiancy and have three proper center backs. Or, you know, pushing Moreno out to the wing back. Oh, that's why you have Julian Russell. You can bring him in or you can push him up farther forward. Um, you can move Zawadzki back into the midfield so you can have more of a midfield rotation. Oh, the team is finally coming together properly. Matan can go anywhere now. He can play up, you know, into an attacking position, more of a passing attacking option, or he can move back into the left wing back, or he can go right wing back, or he can play a little bit in that central midfield midfield role. We have versatility throughout this entire team now. This is a really good team. Like, I've gotten really excited about this team. Um, Even with, like, the Lucas news. I just kept feeling a good excitement about this team. And now bringing in Rossi to 
kind of fill that little bit of that hole that Lucas fills. Hopefully he just fills it. I mean, he doesn't have to sit there. He doesn't have to bang away like Lucas does. He doesn't hit him, hit him from fucking 50 yards to win games. He doesn't have to hit like the 35 yard free kick. He doesn't have to do that. He just has to contribute because I feel like Cucho is this close. He's this close to fucking exploding in this league. Like, and I think Gressel turns Cucho into what Joseph Martinez was with Julian Gressel, a fucking record breaker. I think he's this close to really being that. Like, his shooting has been his issue this year. It's not the opportunities. It's not like getting himself in good positions. It's not just bad play. It's just his shooting has been just off enough. And I think Gressel's going to put him in positions where he can miss hit it and still put it in the back of the net because he's going to give him such clear cut opportunities. Um, I am really excited. I don't think I have tickets to the Minnesota game. But my tickets weren't available. Because I went like right after the game and they showed that they were available. I'm like, oh, cool. And my tickets were already gone. There's only like a few select seats left. I'm like, what the fuck, man? So I need to call them and say, hey, do I have tickets tomorrow? Because I don't want to buy them and say, oh, but you know you already have tickets. I'm like, oh, shit, do I? I don't think I do. I could look that up or I could call them or whatever. But I'm excited about this crew team. This is a great time to get into the crew team. This is a great time to join the crew. Become massive, man. Because uh, as much as it pains to watch one of the greats walk out the door, what is being built here is so much bigger than what one player is. We are really building something I feel special right now. Like with like the crew is I don't know I don't want to see them the stupid America's team, but really, like four or five years ago, the crew were almost gone. They were almost gone. They were moving to Texas. Precourt was taking them. Let's get out of here. They come in. They get saved. The fans fucking save them. Then Haslam's come in and save them. You know, I don't really give a shit about the Haslam's. I really don't like them. But you know what? They did their job there. Thank you so much. Um, they build the new stadium downtown, which is what this team has been dying for, was a decent stadium. And that stadium is fucking awesome. Yeah, I love Lower.com Field. It's a fucking great place to go watch a game. Um, and what's been missing since they, what we thought we were getting after we won the title a couple years ago was a team to contend with a new stadium. And Porter kind of shit the bed. The team kind of shit the bed, especially last year. Um, and this year, we bring in a young, exciting coach in Nancy who's trusted youth. So we're seeing multiple players. Zawadzki, Morris, uh, Jason Russell Rowe gets to play. Has been great, but you know, he still contributes here and there. Um, you've got Mo Farsi. you got Patrick Schulte. Those are guys you could have went and watched play for the youth team last year. We're building some fun shit here. Like, really invest in players. Invest in the team. There's reason to invest in these guys. It's awesome. We're not just going out there like uh, fucking inner Miami and just buying up names. So, like, the fucking TikTokers can be like, oh, look at me. I'm watching Jordi Alba, who I don't even know who the fuck that is, play for Inner Miami. And then you can see, like, the guys who know nothing about soccer talk, like, completely misrepresent Messi's free kick the other night because they're fucking idiots. They don't watch. Oh, my God. I don't get why people don't want to comment on stuff they don't know. I don't get it. I don't understand it. And that's also like my stuff with the Lucas stuff. Cause like when they announced Rossi was probably coming in, like one of the first comments I've seen is like, this would make a whole lot more sense if we just didn't randomly leave, uh, let Lucas go. Like one, we couldn't bring in Rossi if we still had Lucas. Two, we didn't randomly just let Lucas go. Lucas pushed for the move. Like we, we don't want like, don't fuck around with that. Lucas pushed them like the leave. I'm not sitting there saying you should hate him for it. Some people did. Mostly for the political stuff with Saudi Arabia, not because of him himself. Um, but he pushed for the move. He wanted to go. I don't think you should ever stand in the way of a player if he wants to go. Like, you know, if he wants to go and he doesn't want to be a part of it, let him go. You know what I mean? There's like, 
if his heart's not in it, you know, I, I want guys who are willing to die for the team every single game. And if his heart's not in, in it, then let him go. Just let, let, let him leave. Let him go make his money. You know what I mean? Let him go secure his family for the rest of his life. I mean, if he goes there and signs a three-year contract at $15 million a year with no taxes, I mean, that's $45 million at the end of it. That's generational wealth that he's making just to go play soccer. He can go home, take care of his, you know, retire and not have to worry about a fucking thing for the rest of his life. Good for Lucas. You know what I mean? I just wish the people who are paying those checks were just better people. But I can't blame the guy. And like I said, if he wants to move, he wants to move. And I saw so many people like just going like, I just don't understand why they would let him go. It's like, because you don't, you haven't been paying attention to what's going on in the world of soccer. This is going on everywhere. There's a reports like a week or two ago about uh, Saudi was going to start really targeting the MLS and trying to get their players because they've kind of seen MLS as their biggest kind of rival for where they are as a, cl- uh, as a uh, league at the moment. Because like we're both in like a growing state, so they want to become better than the MLS. I mean, that's why they had they, uh, um, you know, what is it? They, uh, you know, they pushed out what's his face Ronaldo, the uh, guy who sexually assaulted somebody in Las Vegas, allegedly. But he probably did because he's a piece of shit. Um, to say, oh, Saudi League is way better than MLS already. It's not. It's not there yet. They need a couple years before they're there yet. Because MLS is doing a really good job of also developing young talent. Um, a lot of them are moving. I mean, you see like guys like uh, Daryl Dyke like with uh, West Brom, Tanner Tessman over, I think, Venezia. Uh, I think, isn't it, Busia? I think he's also, like, there's like young kids out there that developed ML at, uh, at MLS clubs. What, Dyke was at the Orlando? But I know Tessman was like FC Dallas. Um, there's a lot of players who are moving abroad, who are coming through academy systems with the MLS. Saudi's not there yet. But they're talking about being on the same level as like the Dutch League and the Turkish League next year. No. No. You can get all the stories you want. Right now, they're still the Chinese Super League to me. Right now, that's what they are. The Chinese Super League 10 years ago came in and just started throwing money at fucking anybody. Anybody with a pulse, they started throwing ridiculous fees for and paying them ridiculous amounts of money to go there. There was that year Alex Teixeira was definitely going to Liverpool, and then here comes China, the Chinese Super League to offer more money to Shakhtar and uh, Ukraine to get him, and then offered him so much money that he's like, well, fuck, I gotta take this. And then he went there and kind of became irrelevant. Because that league ended up becoming irrelevant and blew up because they stopped giving a shit about soccer. Um, I think, though, the urgency with Saudi to really diversify means they won't be a Chinese Super League, I think. Or if they if they do that, it's going to take longer for them to get to that implosion point of the league. Um, but if they keep... But if they're offering... I mean, they literally just offered Kylian Mbappe from France, uh, from PSG. They just offered him $700 million to play for one year. One year. 700 million. Not a fucking joke. They offered him 700 million dollars for one year just to come play. He turned it down because he wants to go to Real Madrid. Good for him. That's, jeez, 700 million. Doesn't even make sense. It's not even real. There's, I, I, I haven't figured out what point of money in my brain becomes this is not real money anymore. This is just monopoly money. And that's what that is. 700 million dollars to go play for one year. And that's what they, they knew he'd want to just go to, it's basically like a loan agreement. Or something like that. I can't remember how they, they worded it. Basically, he would come from this one year, then he'd go to Madrid next year. You know? And that's just what the deal was going to be. They were going to let him go. But they wanted to come play for one year for $700 million. Jesus. Uh, but, like, the infrastructure of Saudi Arabia, 
and how that works. There's a real life lore video, real life lore on YouTube. That's a phenomenal video, phenomenal uh, channel as well. They really delve into like kind of situations going on, like geopolitical stuff. Um, the need for Saudi Arabia to diversify their economy because it's so reliant on oil and how the world's kind of moving away from oil is became so prevalent. This is why they're branching out and they branched out in the sports because there's so much money in sports and there's so many people who, you know, we saw it with the pandemic. The first thing everybody wanted was sports back. They didn't give a shit if their grandpa died. They wanted to go to a goddamn football game. You know what I mean? They wanted to go watch the Browns play the fucking Lions in preseason. They had to do it or they'd flip out. You know what I mean? Or there's going to be riots in the streets because we couldn't watch this, you know, the University of Buffalo play the University of Western Kentucky in fucking, you know, in September. There's going to be riots. <laughs> so, like, they start throwing all their money into this and they're trying to diversify through that. Um, I guess they want to be one of the leaders in solar panels, which makes sense because there's huge parts of Saudi Arabia that are completely desolate and you cannot live in. So why not put a whole bunch of like solar panels there? I think that makes sense to me. You can do that all through like Arabia. You can do that all through um, the Sahara because there's huge, it's not like you're like, you're destroying villages to do this. Nobody lives there because there's not enough rainfall. And since there's no rainfall, there's hardly any cloud coverage. You're just getting so much. I don't know. I've, I've thought this for years that, you know, the oil barons over there, the oil sheiks should be the ones who are leading the way in solar energy. You know, stop worrying about what you're making now and see what you can make now. Be, be the forefront of the next wave of what's next. You know what I mean? Like Nirvana. I don't know. That doesn't does that make sense. I think that tracks. Whatever. We've kind of lost sports talk. <laughs> it's geopolitical talk time. Um, anyways, uh, it's been a wild week. I knew I said I wasn't going to do this, but it's been such a wild week. I think overall it's been a very positive week for the crew. As much as losing Lucas sucks, the team gets younger. The team gets better with the Camacho deal. I think the step down from Lucas to Rossi is not as big as the making up of adding Camacho to the team. I think that adding Camacho to the team makes up for that loss of Lucas to Rossi, which Rossi at his age could still become Lucas. So I think overall, and also just a big win. So hopefully we get a win against Minnesota, move on in this League's Cup tournament. We could be a problem. We could be a real problem in this tournament. The guy kept talking about there's $40 million of prize money. It wasn't in the Columbus game. I think it was in the Kansas City game. Yeah, in the Kansas City game. They kept bringing that up. There's $40 million of prize money that's distributed to like the 38 teams or the 30 whatever teams. How many teams are in this fucking thing? It could be up to $40 million. That's what it's rumored. That's reported. I'm like, yeah, it's probably all split up and you're probably, you know, your winners get like $12 million or some shit. I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't know how anything works. I literally thought they probably got like $15 million for Lucas and they got six. So I'm an idiot. <laughs> When I throw out numbers, guys, it's all just bullshit. Me just, you know, I played football manager too much. Um, what's the other thing I was going to say, though, real quick? Oh, then I also kind of watched the Colorado game. Why does the Colorado, Colorado Rapids exist? They are, anytime somebody wants to point out, like, that the MLS is, like, really second rate or just is, like, a high school football team or, you know, you're watching high school sports, um, they, they're talking about the Colorado Rapids. There's zero reason why they exist at an MLS level. They're not good. Their atmosphere is very much... I, I think there's more atmosphere at a uh, 2005 or 2006 
Northwest Mohawks versus uh, the Green Bobcats football game. There's probably more atmosphere at that game than there is at a Colorado Rapids game. There's nothing going on. There's no excitement. There's just like, it's just like, yeah, we got a really bad team here that's always really bad. And I don't know. I don't get it. It's in a, the stadium is already crazy outdated. It's one of those kind of like Matt Free or historic crew stadium. Um, it's like just meh. Like, you know, I was watching them. Like, I got to like towards the end, I'm like, why am I wasting my time on this horrible game? The Kansas City game was really good. Kansas City's pretty good. They play really fun football. They end up beating, uh, was it? It wasn't Guadalajara. Chivas. They beat Chivas to go into the next round. Um, there was an atrocious, like, non-penalty call. I'm sorry, we need to wrap up sports talk, but I gotta talk about this penalty call. And it's just, like, everything wrong with the MLS in this one fucking instance. Like, the ref is not knowing what he's doing. Like, guy comes across the box, passes it off, clean. Guy comes flying in with a slide tackle. Wipes him out. Just wipes the guy out. Obvious penalty. Obviously takes him out. And the ref is standing right there watching it. He plays advantage. And but then that the guy he passes to, because you know, you can see that, you know, there's a penalty, but there's an advantage played and the ball ends up back in that, you know, it's a goal. The second though the way I've always understood it with this, if there's a penalty in the box and if the next pass does not immediately lead to and like in the next bit of play doesn't immediately lead to the goal, and by me I mean like his pass. The guy who makes the pass gets taken out. It's a penalty. But say that pass goes to a guy who then shoots and puts it in the back of the net. Then it's a penalty. Then you bring it back. It's a penalty. Because the guy who passed through, he uh, the guy he passed it to passes on. At that point, the play should be stopped and the penalty is given. It's not. He lets it continue. And then guy shoots it over. He's like, well, I play the advantage. And then they go to VAR. And the VAR just lets it go. I'm like, what the hell? What? That doesn't make any fucking sense. How can you watch, like, if you have a chance, go find the Kansas City. It happens pretty early in the game. Like, in the first, like, probably, like, six or seven minutes. Maybe a little bit later than that. But it's unbelievable. Like, it was just unbelievable. My, like, my jaw dropped farther than whenever that one guy said that we were outplaying Club America. Like, it dropped farther. I'm like, they are not calling this. They are not calling this. They are leaving this. I mean, it is 100% obviously a penalty. Like, it is spot on, dead on, penalty. There is no reason not to call this a penalty. He gets him, he takes him out, he comes in late, he does not come close to the fucking ball. Everything is a penalty. And they don't call it. And the ref was standing six feet away from it, staring at it as it happened, and did not call it. Because the MLS officials are a fucking joke. They have no idea what is happening at any point in time. With that said, I thought the guy who refereed the Colorado game did a pretty good job because there was multiple times where he just fucking gave it to the players. I always love when the official gets in the place of uh, in the face of a player. It's fucking awesome. Like there's one like he just like like throws his hand up at the like he's the one who's pissed off at the player for even coming to him. He's basically like that. Then he's walking away and he just shoots him a fucking death stare. It was awesome. It was the best part of the whole game because the rest of the game sucked, but it was uh, the best part of the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> other than that this sports talk went on way too long way too long i wanted this to be 25 minutes we're at minute 50 basically this is a joke brandon you're a joke <laughs> other than that ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for listening understanding like share subscribe support if you enjoyed the lady aaron episode uh let me know you know share follow her aaron garrett hair hair by aaron garrett oh fuck i forgot she said it at the end of the show if i said it wrong go back and listen to it um 
yeah, other than that, if you want to have people on the show, let me know. I think we're having a good time here. Um, if you want to be a part of it, let me know. I'll bring you on. I'll bring you on tomorrow. I dare you. I'll bring you on tomorrow. I'll find the time to do it. I don't give a shit. Bring it. Other than that, for this month, I still got uh, Enemy of the Show, Justin Malone, coming on. Still got to figure out when. And then I'm going to be bringing on uh, my friend Clayton. I got to figure out the date with that. And then maybe Dave. You never know. Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening, understanding all the stuff. Like, share, subscribe, support, anywhere podcasts are available. You can find Monster Eight the Pilot. Uh, Mondays with bullshit talk and uh, whatever talk and life talk or whatever you want to call it. And then Thursdays with sports talk or my friends talk. Not great, but whatever. See you later. Peace out, Girl Scouts. <laughs>